All right, so I got Ernie Bueno here, and uh, we're gonna we're both sports dads, but uh, Ernie's coming from a position of his uh, his mostly football, or is it all football? It's a uh, football and baseball. A football and baseball. Okay, yeah, I remember seeing some baseball stuff. Uh, are they did, now? Uh, Joey didn't play all the way through high school, right? He just played. Uh, Joey did not. Joey had chosen the path of um, the extracurricular weightlifting and things yeah, like yeah, that yeah. that are involved in football. Sure, 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 sure. Okay, and then the the little guy. I, I, Still plays baseball and football full time. So, okay, right, right now. Now, my guys, you know, you probably wouldn't see it that much on social media because we just didn't like post anything about it and everything else. They were little tiny guys, but they played little league baseball for two or three seasons. And you know, my funny story with that stuff is that like wrestling, you can't not. Know, I don't care if you're four or fourteen. If you lost, you lost. You know you right. lost. Like it's a definite thing. But like baseball, they would come off the field, and I'd be like, "So?" He goes, "That was fun." Yeah, I'm like, "Good." I go, <laughs> "You know what? What'd you think?" And he's like, "Good." I'm like, uh, "What was the score?" And they're like, "I don't know." And right. Like, and they're like they don't know who won. They have right. no idea. They were just out there having, and that's fine. Do your thing. I didn't want, um, I didn't want wrestling to be the only thing that they did, and I also didn't want. Like you know, like we'll talk about burnout and stuff at some point, but that wasn't a concern of mine really. Uh, there's a guideline on USA Wrestling as to like what kind of amounts of matches you should see when you're a certain age, right? And I always try to follow that stuff, even though there were parents that were running their kids out to uh, you know 80 matches a year when they're seven years old and stuff like that, and like thinking that this is the way that they're going to be the best and everything else. And it's it's complete nonsense. It's also a waste of time, a waste of money. Nobody cares uh, what your kid won when he was eight years old. Uh, so, like, and then, then the difference between the football, too, and the like what, what I have my guys do, my daughter was a gymnast, boys wrestle, and those are academic sports. There's no pro. Like, I mean, you know, and the, the cage fighting thing, I have no problem with someone who cage fights, but I fought a lot. I do not want my son to right. get punched in the face repetitively. So if my son comes to me when he's, uh, you know, 24, 25 years old, and he says, hey, Dad, I got my degree here in my back pocket, but I'd like to go see what I could do in a cage, I'll help him train. But in, if you don't have a degree, you don't have, you know you have a plan for what you're going to do after that. Then I failed. Right. So, uh, you know, football. On the other hand, there's got to be. I would think there's got to be. I won't say wackier because I'll tell you what. Wrestling's emotional, and you get some crazy ass parents in that. You get some real crazy ones uh, in uh, gymnastics, and I don't know if it's that sometimes moms get more i don't know freaked out or like it just goes off the rails in a way that you notice it more because i mean i got plenty of dads that 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 are out of line uh but the gymnastics stuff it would be like and it was always some lady that looked like she'd never done an athletic thing in her life right and she was losing her shit with this like eight-year-old girl on a balance beam and i'm like Ooh, this is some crazy. At least my, at least my, uh, my, my, uh, my experience with, <clears throat> with uh, cheerleading or the dance teams um, what, that were in our football organizations, I can tell you that there were at times um, quite a bit of drama behind the scenes, okay. and that sometimes transcended 
um, to the dance floor or to the cheerleading squads. And, and that made a little bit sad. That was some of the ups and downs, you know, like you had mentioned with cheerleading or dance. Right, right, right. Now, um, you know, I didn't, uh, I never got too worked up about really any of it. I mean, uh, you know, like uh, when my daughter would, you know, have a gymnastics routine, I was involved to make sure that she got to where she needed to get to. Uh, me and my daughter had a pretty good relationship when she was younger and in gymnastics. Um, she, like her floor music when she was like 12, 13 was Painted Black by the Rolling Stones, which, you know, like I think she was a little nervous that it wasn't going to, and then everybody around her was like, that's the greatest, you know, floor right. music ever sort of thing. So like everything, you know, worked out well with that, but it was never, besides being somebody that was like, hey, you got to, Go get a workout in. You got to do more than what you're doing just here. Gymnastics for me was easy because I saw these other girls that it looked like they were beating the living hell out of these girls. Like they were in incredible shape, these, you know, like 12 year old girls. Right. I didn't think I needed to intervene in any of that stuff. And honestly, my daughter was more athletic than my boys. And she had the the ability to put on muscle better than they did. Like, I don't know how you were with your little guys, but my boys wanted to be in the weight room lifting, and I'd give them some little tiny stuff, real super light to do, because all they're going to do is run themselves. For my physiology, and I knew they were going to be the same, lifting weights at 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, it's a waste of time. Like, Absolutely. My guys, my guys would be in there working real hard and never see hardly any results at all. I'm like, listen, man, just do pull-ups, do dips, do push-ups, run. We used to do oddball things because wrestling's such a, uh, I think every sport, core strength is a big deal. But wrestling, for sure, is the thing where you're constantly trying to move somebody with your body. And so, I mean, I have them carry tires and throw sandbags and, like, all this funny, weird stuff. They'd be dragging things and everything else, but never anything too insane. Now... When they hit the gym, like you can see it on them, like boom, like you right. Know, uh, well, I think grow. I think um, you know when, when my kids were growing up through the years, I think we got some really good quality advice um, about weightlifting or building better core strength. Okay, and and, and a couple a couple things that we got. Um, from some very talented um, uh, coaches and team members was that the first thing that, that that I remember growing up is that they really shouldn't be working with weights until after they're past puberty. Now, that doesn't mean that they shouldn't be doing isometrics, push-ups, pull-ups, you sure, know, anything sure. that requires your body weight until then. And that really, I believe... Is, is really saving my children from having those pains when they're, say, 25, 30 years old. Right. I think that we're allowing their bodies to grow and progress um, before they get to the point where um, it's more important that they lift weights at 8, 9, 10 years old than it is, you know, that, that they live healthy and happy and have a great sure. athletic, uh, sure. youth athletic career. Right. Now, it, the, the other thing with, like, you know, if people... The look of a physique and stuff like that is something that people think translates into sports. And a lot of times it doesn't. In fact, like my guys are almost six feet tall. They're all arms and legs. They're super long. And they're not like uh, my one boy's starting to get a little bit of build to him. And he uh, he's probably walking around like 170-ish and wrestles 160. He put up 220 
bench pressing at, at, you know weighing 170 which i was like hey, that's pretty good that's 50 pounds over your your body weight uh but whenever he goes on the mat and sees a guy who's really jacked he knows he's got him i got you and i got you because like all that lactic acid you're going to build up is going to be a pain in your ass come the third period right so i'm just gonna like beat on you work you work your key stay in good position all this other stuff and i'm gonna take you into deep water and see if you can if you've done the right cardio to go along with all the weight lifting it looks right. like you're doing <clears throat> and i would say nine times out of ten they have not nine times out of ten they've been looking in the mirror and lifting weights and everything else and that's not going to do it uh my guys are old enough now where they wrestle guys differently so they'll wrestle a guy who they know is super strong just that way. We're just going to wrestle. I'm just going to I'm going to win the match, not going to get crazy. Um right. if they, you know, can if they feel the guy and they can just, you know, pin him then they're going to go do that too. So, you know, like I don't know, they've been at it so long that I don't I don't get too involved. We talk like and I know I'm the exception because I watch guys wrestling's a weird one. It really is because it's it's I don't know, like, my guys played one year of football in high school, and then I played football. Football, like, it's, I don't know, the camaraderie's terrific. I think it's it's a fun thing to do. I, I hate when I say something to somebody about wrestling's difficult. It's very difficult. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a complete, and I don't want to say that it's better in any way. Like, I, you know, I personally feel like it's it's a terrific sport because, we have guys that that I coach that are there's you know they're very athletic everything's going to go well they're going to probably be good wrestlers if they stick with it sort of a thing and then we have other guys that are somewhere on the autism spectrum or they're like really timid or they're like they're they're like knobby kneed little guys that just have no muscularity right. to them at all and they're not but they are still going to turn out to be the better version of them than they would have been if they didn't do this sort of thing there's little guys that i've coached that they have uh gone you know four and five weeks without a win and it's just the fact that they're slower they're, they're not athletic like and they're great kids like they i hate when people judge maybe that's why i'm not like that with the crazy parent thing but i don't judge anybody on their their athletic ability it's not like right i like this kid so much better because he's a killer and then I don't like this kid so much. I think the I think to your point also is uh, you know the example that I was thinking about on my ride here is uh, when my son was eight years old, uh, my little one Nick. He's very talented in baseball, and he got to play any position he wanted to. And I got to tell you, the couple times that I had to be the first base or the third base coach, coach, I can tell you there was one example where the, my one of my highlights of my season being a first base coach was was when um, the ninth batter, I forgot his name, he got his first hit of the year. That yeah. was more important right. than my son going two for two or three for three because when he started the year, he was unable to hit a baseball, unable to field a baseball. Sure. But, but so when I gauge youth sports, I'm really gauging the progression that someone makes. 
Um, and that's what makes me happy to see kids move along the way because there have been kids on our football and baseball teams that have gone from point A to point D, and they've really excelled. And and, and I really think that's a win in youth sports to to, to make a child uh, uh, better than he, than he or she was at the beginning. I think that's the win of youth sports yeah, today. Right, I feel the same. I, I really do. And we're getting to the point now. We're about two thirds of the way through the wrestling season, where we're going to have to be at practice and ask, all right, who hasn't got a win yet, and then. You know, or more like the better way to do it would be like say, all right, listen, I want anyone who hasn't got a win yet or has really struggled this year, come talk to me after practice. And then I need to focus more time on that guy, which I have that luxury because I'm in the like intermediate group, the JV group, as far as the coaching goes. There's a group one, which is like all the little tiny guys, four, five, six year olds, maybe a couple seven year olds that just started, stuff like that. And then I've got the kids that are like, seven through 12 that are either if they're 12 they're just starting if they're seven or eight or nine or something then they've had a year or two but they're still just learning the basics sort of situation i'm not there to win anything like no you know that's not my job my job really i feel like my job is to keep them in the sport because my personal feelings about wrestling is that it's the best sport out there and and i say this from a completely biased position, but also based on like my own set of facts. And the facts are is that every other sport, there's not a like you can you can eat well, but you don't have to be like on point with your, you know, like my sons, the day my one boy the day after Thanksgiving, he weighed once jump he does this just for the shock value. Jumps on a scale like after Thanksgiving dinner and like, you know, four bottles of water and everything else, whatever he can do to weigh as much as he can. Right. And he was 176. And he had, uh, that's a Friday. He had like nine days or eight days so he had to wrestle again. So he had time, but he had to take all that weight off, which right. a good piss would have taken three pounds off anyway. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, so, you know, like you got to be disciplined. You got to be super disciplined about everything you're doing. And at the highest level of this, it's a situation where, you know, I don't need to tell my sons that they need to go out in the gym and get a workout in on a daily, you know, regular basis. And then we're structured too, where they'll hit the weights really good on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. And then no, none of that, like it tapers off because I got to compete now come Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So, you know, I look at it like it's the fairest sport because every other sport, if you're a 325 pound grown man when you're in high school you're gonna do real well in football right uh if you're seven feet tall you're gonna do real well in in basketball so you know the wrestling thing it's it doesn't matter you're you're you know you're put in a group of guys that weigh the same you're given the same thing to go in there which was nothing you're on a singlet and you go and then it's also a it's a combat sport so the sport that that they have actually has practical value when it comes to if somebody comes into someone and grabs somebody, you can. If you're the grab E, part of the job in wrestling is to escape. Right. So you can get out and get the hell away from this guy's grasp because that's what you do. Um, the other thing is, if a guy comes in, he's got a weapon. You can usually subdue him because that's what you do too. Right. So you know, I always made the analogy, and it's it's an outdated one now because I don't know how it is, and I'd like to hear because like I'm always shocked when I talk to my sons and nobody fights. There aren't fights like there were. We were fighting all the time when we were kids, like all the right. time. I, I'm probably connected to 
seven or eight people that I fought on Facebook. And like, it was no big deal. Like I didn't held a grudge or hate the guy later, but, and if he was scrappy and everything else, I had all the respect in the world for him. That That's fine. But nowadays my sons and I, I, part of the reason they're in wrestling is because I did not want them fighting and it worked out great because they're 18 years old. And the only people they've ever fought are each other. Right. So, you know, it's a different thing. So like I said, the, the fact that they can wrestle, it's not as practical as it was because, boy, that would have come in handy, you know what I mean, if you were a super, super good wrestler and all the scraps you get into sort of thing. But nowadays, and I think that it's smart that they don't fight because now it's a litigious, you know, everybody's suing everybody nowadays. Right. And then, you know, you can't do anything wrong nowadays without somebody calling the cops or, you know, somebody's mommy wants to come fight you because... You're, right. You beat up my kid. And then it's put on social media. It's social media, too. Right. Everyone's right. got a camera. So, uh, I mean, oh, my God. If, if, if someone the, had a camera if, for what me and Shanahan used to do, it'd be Right. If the things thing. that we did when we were kids were put on social media. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, actually, some of the points you brought up, uh, there are quite a bit of similarities with, uh, with, with the youth team sports. But I will say um, that, that a lot of th- your things are point on. So, you know, my opinion of wrestling, and, and, and I don't wrestle, my kids don't wrestle, I have no, I have no um, uh, background in wrestling, but you know, when my son had asked me a few years back about wrestling, I had told them that wrestling is an individual sport, and I said, I got to tell you, what I believe about wrestling is this, is that you absolutely have to put in the work to be successful, and if you don't, you will get exposed quite quickly. Oh, yeah. And, no, and no. really, that's what I kind of told him about the individualized sports versus the team sports is, is we see kids all the time that can get on a team and, and not be great but not put in the work. Yeah. Um, in an individual sport, and I told him, I said, listen, I, I want you to wrestle if you want to wrestle, but it, it, it's, it, it's, it's focused, work ethic, and doing the right thing each and every day. And, and I think that an individualized sport like wrestling would definitely expose someone who doesn't put the work and the effort in. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no, immediately, right, right, no, that that's there's there's no doubt about it. Uh, I I see it happen, and then the other thing with the individual sport too, that we have a thing that that the saying that is that uh, work beats talent when talent doesn't work, and like as they get older, and there's been plenty of people who have had exactly this situation where they were the most talented guy in the room when they were in sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, and then they got in high school and people caught up. Right. Other guys got puberty. Kids kids bloom at the wrong time. Now, so, but I do have like a rigid, I, I've coached for eight years, and I've seen the most ridiculous parents in every end of the spectrum. I've seen parents that are, that you know, put their kid in there. They they practice for one month. The way that that it's set up is, and I don't I don't remember how football was. I know we went to doubles and all that stuff, but we practice for about a month, and then we do the first tournament. So we do a little mock up tournament that we do, and then we take them to a tournament. Hold on one second. Uh, uh, anyways, uh, so we take them to a tournament, and then the tournament happens, and the kid who's had one month of practice doesn't do well. Now, it's all the draw that he gets and everything else, too. He could have drawn guys that had two or three years' experience, and then right. he just didn't do well. And immediately, the parents are mortified, embarrassed for themselves, and they go and say something like, well, you know, it's just not Bobby's thing. It's just not. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. 
you know, stop, calm down, because this is the first tournament. We do have rookie tournaments where only kids with one or two years experience or first year or second year wrestlers can be there. Let's see how he does against them. And they're dead set on no. Like, it's not his thing. We're going to take him to hockey next or something like that. We're going to. Right. They, they feel like that their child was born. They're a special snowflake, and this kid's going to be great at something. We don't know what it is, but we're going to keep right. shopping it until we find that thing. And it's nonsense. Everything that you're going to be great at takes some work. So, <clears throat> I don't know where I'm going on here. I'm like, I'm ready to sneeze, but then not. I don't know what's up. <laughs> uh, so, so, then they pull the kid from it. They paid their money and everything else, and then the kid's gone. And I'm like, you know, he... He was doing fine. He was having a good time. And then the other thing is, is listen, the kid was six or seven. Like, you know, the other one I get is, oh, he doesn't like it or something like that at six years old. And I'm like, well, okay. You see, George is six. You're 40. So you should make the decisions, not the six-year-old, and make your kid stick it out for the year. My sons have always done well. They stepped on the mat and won matches. They they, they just did. And I, I won't say it's lucky. When they were, uh, this is the direction they were going to go in from the get-go when they were born. So when they were four, I mean, I'm paralyzed from my chest down. I would sit on the bed and have them try and come tackle me, and I'd try and get their legs, and they'd sprawl their legs back and everything else. Right. So we were doing a little bit of like fun playing on the bed and wrestling and stuff like that. And... and so they had like a little bit of preparation, and then when they started practicing, it was serious. They never missed a practice. It was, this is what you're doing. The second year of wrestling came up, I didn't even ask them about anything. I just, okay, we're going to practice. Right. They're like, oh, pra-. I'm like, yeah, this is when wrestling season starts, so we go back. They did two full years, and then after two years, the learning curve, they, they had it. They figured out what they were going to do, and then they were like, oh, I'm all about this. So they, they loved it. Uh and some of the negativity that you brought up um, also stems from parents because if a, if a child doesn't like a sport, sometimes that parent is telling them they don't like that sport or they're not good at that sport. Right. Well, my father told me wrestling was gay. And at, yeah, so, I mean, I was out of that by then. I thought right. the son rose and sat with my father. So I'm like, all right. right. So my parents did not allow me to play football till high school. So it was like, no, 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 all my friends are playing in Burroughs. Can't go, can't go, can't go. You can go do the wrestling thing and everything else. So I was going to Summit Hill for the camps and all the other stuff. And then my dad finally showed up to a match. And he's like, well, I know you won, but it looks gay. He goes, let's not do that anymore. You're going to play football next year. I'm like, all right. So then I just took it like that. And I honestly, knowing who I was and how many scraps I got into and everything else later on in life, I should have never gotten off a wrestling mat. That was just not that, right. That was my wheelhouse right there. Um, and then every sport that I gravitated to after that was hockey. I want to hit somebody. Football. I want to hit somebody. I mean, I was a corner in football. That this is my job is to tackle people. So, you know, like that's what I gravitated towards. I mean, I remember playing pickup basketball games and I wanted to kill everyone because every time i did anything it was foul 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 right i'm like oh my god this is the worst sport ever so you know and i'm not saying that kids won't like or dislike something but for somebody and there are definitely uh the football wrestler thing is a crossover i'm sure that you had guys that were terrific football players that were wrestlers um 
So there's a lot of wrestlers that show up and they they're, they're convinced by their parents, convinced by whoever that they're just here to condition for football. That's it, which I find hilarious because they show up right after the football season is, is done and then they can't hang in the wrestling room because this is way harder than that right. is. I mean, like I said, I don't want to, like, I'm biased for sure, but in football, you've got, I don't know, a 20-second play that happens and then you've got a couple of seconds to 30 seconds right. to 25-second clock to rest and then you've got, in wrestling, it is a situation where it is, hey, go for six minutes and go like a madman for six right. six minutes, not sixteen seconds, nothing like that. So like it, the the conditioning is completely different, um, and then the adrenaline situation is a completely different thing too. My one boy, he would over psych himself out before every match. Like at, at some point, he's like pacing way too. Much. We had a hey, he was all trying to get warmed up, and I go, "You're getting way too warmed up. You're getting like calm down, relax." And then he had to like learn how to just go out there and do what you do. And now he just goes out there and does what he does. And he's not even he's got a smile on his face most of the time when he's right. doing what he's doing. So, you know, and, and I like I I've been lucky in the fact that my boys were agreeable to do all this stuff that I want them to do. But um I don't think that like there's any luck in their, you know, in the way that they performed, sort of a thing. We don't we live in if you want to win matches, we live in the worst state to do that. Illinois is one of the very best states as far as the competition goes for wrestling. If you look at the D1 college level, it's loaded with Illinois state champions. Right. If we go to a national tournament and my boys run into uh, my one boy beat like a two-time Kansas state champion, and he was like, that guy, you sure? And we looked him up, yep, two times, state champ Kansas. Wrestling's just not the same thing that it is here. So, you know, nothing lucky has happened for them as far as that goes. And they've still succeeded. So, and it, like for us, it's been fun. And maybe it is like you were saying that they're convinced that this is the thing or whatever. My boys look down their nose at just about every other sport. Like you know, oh, water polo. That's that's cute. You know, um, which you swimming know, with a ball. Right, right, right. That kind of <laughs> thing. Right. So, you know, they and they, they, they're one of their sayings is you know every other sport you play, you don't right. play wrestle. So, you right. know, so they're really serious about it and they absolutely love it. If all summer long, it's their option. You guys can do what you want. And my boys work 50 hours a week in the summertime, but we still like book off to a tournament like in Iowa or Michigan or right. stuff like that. And it's because they want to go. Uh, and then there's freestyle and Greco too, which is nice. Now, football wise, there's, don't you guys got like dome football or? Uh, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's indoor football, flag right. football. And then full tackle football. Now, don't they have like a seven on seven or something like that too? They, they do. So uh, the indoor football, um, actually at the Metroplex in Homer Glen, the at the younger ages it's more seven on seven, and then it goes to uh, ten on ten or eleven on eleven. But then they do have seven on seven. It's more of like a uh, uh, more of like a like arena football type football. Okay. Okay. So arena. That was the word. I was arena. For. Yes. Yeah, I remember the kids, some of the guys taking off and doing the the arena thing. Uh, from, because they think the arena season's next, right? Like right after the it is. So yeah, some of those guys that quit wrestling were like, "Oh, we're gonna do arena football." Like whatever. Man. So my son did arena football. Uh, my older son did it because it ran from January till April or January to May. And I will tell you, we only played two years of it, 
And the reason is, is because I'm sure we're going to get into this later, is that he was playing the same sport nearly 10 months out of the year. And in a sport that requires hard, harsh contact, um, it's not good for the kids when they develop. Right. And then the second right. thing is, is that uh, at least the arena football that we experienced, that is green carpet on cement. So my son would be absolutely, oh, yeah, and that's that's yeah. how we met uh, Steve down in Kankakee. Okay, yeah, right. Is uh, he was a member of uh, K three Arena Lightning football. Okay, and when we joined there down there, uh, it was an amazing experience. But after two years, my kid was beat up after a weekend, oh, even of practicing. It's truly green astral turf on cement. Right, right, right. No, I can't even. I well, well that would be something that I. That's one of the detractors. For from playing football. I enjoyed playing football in high school. I did. It was fun. It was it was really neat to see the way that the team was like before the first game and then after the first game. So you'd have that time for whatever it was, three, four weeks before the first actual game where you pretty much hated everybody on the team because you were competing for a spot. You, you Whatever you were doing, you are competing for the coach's eyes, whatever. But then after that first game, you were all like, uh, brothers, you're on the same right. team. You you loved each other. This happened, that happened during the game. It was it was truly fun. And my boys had never played football. Their mother used to complain that you know why aren't they playing football with the rest of the people and everything else? This wrestling shit's stupid. And um, we were divorced, so I wasn't going to try and waste my time talking to her about it. Uh, so, but when they were going into freshman year. The head coach for the varsity wrestling team, which we pretty much figured they were going to be varsity wrestlers just with the skill level that they had, um, was the the head coach for the freshman football team. And that's a a gimmick, right? Because he's the head coach for the freshman team so he can get people into wrestling, pull them out of there, fill weight classes, stuff like that. So I'm like, listen, you guys, you're going to sign up for football. And they both looked at me like, football? We've never played football. And I go, I understand that, but you're going to go do it because – it's a social thing. You're going to go meet all kinds of people. You get to go to this two or three weeks before school starts. So people that are coming from different junior highs, you get to be, meet them and stuff like that. You'll make friends sort of a thing. Um, my sons being twins, they're terrible at making friends. They are. They're the worst at making friends. They had a built-in friend since the day they were born. So their skill of going out and like right. meeting someone new is not great. Um, but... That, so that's the reason I had him do it. And I had him do it for the, you know, for the fun of it. I don't know if they still have any of those friends. Wrestlers are real strange as far as they hang out with wrestlers. There's like a, you know, they got the eight of them sitting at the lunch table together and this is who we talk to. One of the biggest, one of the biggest advantages I think to youth sports, um, if you if you use it the right way, is the relationships that 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 your kids build with oh, yeah. their teammates. Absolutely. And, and and you know, so so my younger son, he had been with the same team since he was eight years old, and this will be the first year that he's with a new group of kids. And right away, he's only practiced with them twice, and he is already buddy buddy. He's already on a group chat with them. The same thing with football. This was our first year on a different team on a on a a higher caliber football team and right away he's friends with everyone and at the end of the year you know when you talk to your you know when you talk when I talk to my son I I really explain that the most important part of 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 his youth football youth baseball career is it true that it, that, that he builds relationships with people that he may be friends with for the rest of his life yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you know and, and I've said that to my sons I said listen you know you and I, the other thing with with sports too like so it's a, a lot of it's on the parent. One of the things that I hate the most about the sports thing is when some doofus 
guy says football made me a man or right. wrestling made me a ma- bullshit like that that that's complete shit because you can be a you could you, if you're unfettered in what you're doing you can grow up to be a complete jackass and i don't care if you've got hair on your balls and you're you know a big right. strong guy you get a man if you're treating everyone like shit and that's not coming from the sport that's coming from your parents who need to tell you hey listen i don't care if you're bigger or stronger than him you can't treat him like that my thing with my sons is I, I, I own my own business for the longest time. And I said, listen, you need to be nice to every single person that you meet. And this is why. Say someday you own a tire shop and, man, business is slow. And some guy comes walking in there like, oh, thank God. This guy's going to put food on my table. And he walks in and go, oh, you're that dick that used to right. fuck with me at school. Right. And then he's going to turn out of there and walk out. And guess what? You're not going to eat because... You were, I don't know, having a pissing contest with your friends at who could be the biggest jackass, and now you're going to hurt for that. Besides the fact that, you know, put yourself in their shoes. Would you like to be picked on by you? Sort of a thing. So, like, that's on me as a parent, not, you know, this, uh, you know, the, the sport. Or I, I don't even, I don't, like, I can't even wrap my brain around how there's such a, I don't know, like, knuckle-dragger, dumbass way of thinking about most sports now football is brutal i mean you are running guys over it it, it, you know, it can right. be very tough um and then the injury thing in football it's much more real than it is in wrestling we don't wrestling it's almost like we're afforded you know i don't know how many referees are on the on the there's uh two on the field and two sideline judges okay so two on the field for 22 guys correct right in a wrestling match, there's two guys and one referee. And he's standing almost with touching distance away from them right. usually when they're, when they're doing what they're doing, especially if they're on the mat because he's looking to see if someone's shoulder blades touch, something like that. So he's right in there. If something looks like it's going in the wrong direction, he immediately throws his hand behind his head and it's a potentially dangerous situation. And, and you know, they're out of there. Like, the, the, it stopped, right. the action stopped. Now, sometimes my guys are a little upset that they were going to get something and, you know, boom, the guy stopped it. But nobody got injured. Now, you know, I've been around it for 13 seasons now and I've seen very few injuries in 13 seasons. And, I mean, I'm talking about we go to a wrestling tournament where there are... 700 kids wrestling today nobody got injured 700 kids wrestled now i don't know what the what the rate is among that but i'm pretty positive if you put 22 times what do you need about 150 150 football games somebody's getting injured correct right so you know it's just not the same as far as that goes so like i've always enjoyed that too and then my guys get really good grades I don't want their brains scrambled. I mean, I see stuff. I'm a football fan. I like to watch football. It's very depressing to me to see Junior Seau kill himself. Right. Like, wow, that was a guy that was like one of the best that played the game. Right. I mean, you've got fortune. You've got fame. You're a good-looking guy. You've got a gazillion stories, and and that's not an outlier. Right. And I then mean, CTE takes your life. Right, right. It really does. Um. And and they say that like that's not from the NFL. They say most of that's from the undeveloped kid. When we were kids, if you got your bell rung, they sat you there for a minute till you knew your name, and then they'd send you right and back, you went back out. in. Right. Where now I know it's it's a completely different protocol. They've really 
try to ratchet down on it. But I, I got to imagine a coach and that star, star kid you're going back it, in. It happens. And it yeah. happens. And, you know, just to give you a um, – I, I can tell you the, the safety first mindset of, uh, of the football teams both my kids have been on is, is – one percent frustrating as a parent, but ninety nine percent that's the right thing. That's the right call. Yeah. Uh, so, right. so my son, my son as a freshman was playing at the sophomore level in high school, and as a sophomore, he was he was also dressing for varsity games, and there were a couple uh, sophomore games uh, where he would get a bloody nose because someone pushed the helmet up over his head. Sure. The 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 trainer says, "Hey, you're you're done," and. And Joey's mad, and I'm mad because he's out there playing his tail off. But yeah. listen, man, and, and the trainer said, grabbed his arm, and said, "There's, there's nothing, there's no loss in this. Relax." Yeah, right. Uh, you, right you know, you right, got two right. years ahead of you in football. Sure, sure, sure. And I mean, the so what would you say like the learning curve is, or it might might be greater than 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 a couple years in wrestling. If if a kid is paying attention, and and everybody's different with that too. There are there are seven-year-olds that I've looked at while I'm trying to explain something to them, and they're not listening to a right. fucking thing I'm saying. And I've had six-year-olds that are absolutely keyed in on exactly what I'm saying. So, like, kids bloom at different times. So, like, you know, I, I want to I have some advice for parents. I really do. Sure. I want parents to do a better job than what they do. And there's all kinds of little things that, that bug me about what some parents do. But then the, the bigger things are... They're really related to just relax, relax a second, and let this play out. Like right. you don't have to run them to hockey right now because it didn't work out. Like you just got to take a second here. Sure. Um, and then I think with uh, with wrestling, there's also a um, there's a stigma. There's a stigma that you're gonna um, ruin your metabolism. You're going to uh, get ringworm. It's uh, I don't know what else. Like that is gay. Uh, all that, all that kind of stuff. But like you said, with football, you're you're going to get injured. You're, the stigma is right. You're going to get injured. Correct. Right. right. So where so, do you want to start? No. Uh, well, right. With with the parent thing, like, I guess what I'd like to see a parent do. I think you have to do something that's sort of in your wheelhouse, but I think you also need to look at. I, I have no faith in what the kid like. You need to know your kid, right? So if your kid is I, there, there's never a time that I've looked at a kid and said, you shouldn't wrestle. And I, like I said, I've had kids that were like, you're really bad at this and you're not paying attention right. and you're timid and you're soft and everything else. But I still know that if you do this for three years, you're going to get better. You're going to be a better version of you. So like, you know, I'm so biased with the wrestling. I really am. It's, 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 it's been bar none. And I've done a lot with my boys there's nothing that I've done I think that is as, as good for them as far as learning work ethic and everything else and depending on yourself and every, everything else. Right. Like They're going to go through the rest of their lives not looking for somebody else to help them with something. They're just going to go do their thing. So if I was just – and I'll only speak to the wrestling thing. If I saw a parent come in, I would like them to come in and have a more relaxed thought as to what – this is and what it could be and like how do i like just nurture my kid along in this situation um i've seen parents that are mad side they throw both hands in the air and give them the two-handed wave off on the kid you suck 
and they walk out of there. Right. Every single kid is upset about that. That is something that bothers every kid. They don't want to let their parents down sort of thing. So, like, you need to keep your emotions 100% in check. Um, I don't know how it is with football, but parents also do this thing where they club jump. So the minute that the, they, they think that their kid's not getting the most attention, they take them out of this club, they take them to that club, take them right. to this club, take them to that club, because they're, they're going to find that special coach that's going to teach them the special moves and everything else. They always believe the grass is greener on the other side. It's always greener on the other side. And wrestling's a thing where, like, okay, you can have different uh, – I would equate it to a running back. So you can have different styles of running, right? You can have a guy that's all slashy, Barry Sanders all over the place, and then you can have a guy who's Herschel Walker who's just going to pound that thing right. in there and stuff like that. So wrestling's the same. You can have a guy who's kind of funky and, and does everything kind of weird, and then you can have a guy who's just going to overpower a guy. And, you know, like you almost need to let a kid like figure out what he's going to be as far as this goes too. But that's like way on down the line. With this thing, I think every person that put every parent that puts a kid in a sport, especially wrestling, should ask, What's the learning curve? How long does it take to find out if this is going to work out for him or not? Certainly. Um, I'll tell you up front, I have more respect and everything for, I see plenty of kids who will probably never be a varsity wrestler let alone like place at state or any of that, like any of that really high level stuff, be a varsity wrestler. It's just not in the books. Like it's not, unless you do something completely drastically different than what you're doing right now, it's not going to happen. Um, but they stick with it all the way through senior year of high school. They're on the JV. And I'm like, man, this guy. And it, you know, the couple times they threw him up in varsity, he got his ass handed to him, but he still stuck with it. That's perseverance. And at times, those the success of, of those individuals is, is, is nearly just as great as the ones who have won all of these trophies and titles because sure. they may be quite a much, quite a different or better individual than where they were. Again, where they started from and where they ended up. I've seen really good wrestlers bomb out. I saw a kid that was a runner-up eighth grade year in state in a you know tough private club industry and he didn't do a thing in high school and by right. sophomore junior year he was pretty much done uh so, so now if you if you really wanted to start with you know what you think the you know uh, uh how long it takes for them to figure out what's you know if, the, if they really want to continue with the sport there's a couple things that uh again some more good advice that we got growing up is is when our kids wanted to play a sport when they were young, and I mean, this could be as young as three, four, five years old, you know, we let them play, whether it be park district, um, you know, just in the gym at school. Yeah. We, we encourage them to play every sport that they wanted to play. The only rule we had is that they had to play it for the entire time. You couldn't quit in the middle. Can't you quit couldn't quit near the yeah. end. But if you start something, you will finish it. If you never want to play again, that's okay. Sure. But you will finish it, what you started. And I think that was a good rule for us. And then the second thing is is that we always encourage kids, and, and I'll be the first to tell you, I have honestly been every one of the parents that everyone can say. He was the good parent. He was the parent that complained. He was the parent. Somewhere sure. in my life, I've been one of those parents. Right. But I think a majority of the time, uh, I, I believe that I'm the parent who who really just wants what's best for my child. And I want them to grow and develop. So another example I have for you is, is 
you know, we talked about, uh, uh, you talked about earlier about, um, you know, you heard a gentleman or someone say that, you know, uh, football makes you a man. And yeah. I, so my son's eighth grade year, um, we had a national championship caliber team. We won the state finals. We went to Tampa and played for the championship, in which we lost. We finished We finished second in, in the country in the UYFL finals. And, 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 my, and my son was bawling. He was crying. I was trying not to cry. And really, I told him, I said, listen, you're going to hate me for saying this, but you are actually a better person tomorrow morning when you wake up for understanding what it feels like and what you have to do to be better at what you do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sometimes I have found that sometimes success is a detriment, which it seems strange, but like we had a guy who his son went to a national tournament. There wasn't very many people in the bracket. Things kind of went his way. And this kid won a national tournament. Now, he was like seven or eight, or it was a nonsense thing. It's not a thing like that. Right. But the dad, oh my God, he went off the deep end. Every time that this kid was introduced to anyone, he was introduced as national champion, so and so. And every time this kid lost a match for the rest of his career, which is over now, and he's not out of high school yet, this kid lost it. We would, we would, like, I like the kid and I like the dad, but. I think that that success set him up for failure later, and he didn't know how to deal because he had been told that he was this special, special thing. He was the best. He was the best. And he really wasn't. I think it was like a five or six man. Like it was a it was a ridiculously small bracket that the studs that were supposed to be there weren't there. Like the kid lucked out sort of a thing. So – you know, my guys have never like won a state title at anything that they've done, and they're right in there in the rankings with the the very top kids in the entire state. Now, the difference between the individual sport and the, you know, there's eight classes of football in high school football Correct. for for Illinois. What what class is JCA? JCA is five A. Five A. Okay, and they right. float between six A and five A. Right, right, it changes. Right. Okay, so. The Lincoln Way West for wrestling before my boys showed up was 2A. And after my the freshman year, they started being 3A, which is the biggest class in the state. Now, being that there's only three classes, there is a monumental difference in a 1A between a 2A and a 2A between a 3A kid. I mean, my son, who's like ranked like fifth at 3A, will dismantle a number two ranked kid at Correct. 2A. He will pin the number three, two kid at 1A. So, uh, like, you know, and there's a, there's an outlier always. I'm not saying that that's always the way. There's a there's a set of college wrestlers right now. They're juniors or I think they're juniors in college, but they were ranked one and two. The one was from Sandberg, and he went to Princeton. The other one was uh, from Washington, which is a 2A school, and he went to Iowa and every single time these two met, it was a style thing, the 2A kid would beat the 1A kid. They just met again like a month ago in college, Iowa wrestled Princeton. Right. The Iowa kid still beats the freaking Princeton kid. Even though the Princeton kid was ranked number one, the Iowa kid was ranked number two, then they flipped them in the, in the rankings after that. But so like it, there's an outlier all the times, but most of the time it's it's that way. So, you know, my guys would want nothing to do with ever changing to a lower you know, group. Right. And then when someone says 
that you're the 3A kid and you're ranked fourth or fifth or something like that, it's kind of a big deal because there's probably a thousand wrestlers in the state at your weight, and you're you're the fifth or you, you know you're at the very cream cream of the top of this thing. Right. So, like I don't know, like we used to see the little guys come in because they always come in to wrestling in the youth club right after the football season, and I could not believe how many Super Bowl champions there were in my room. I'm like. <laughs> How could you all be Super Bowl champions? Like, how could this? And I found out the Super Bowls, like, just in their little division or whatever, Correct. like that. So it, it was a different setup. And then, you know, I would see kids that were Super Bowl champions that weren't going to win a wrestling match because, you know, they weren't very good athletes. The team carried them, or they were guys that really weren't even on the field. Right. You know, sort of a thing. You'll you'll see that on um uh, you know there's a there's a Facebook page called Save Youth Football and and it's really a fo- uh, website dedicated to um you know getting the awareness out about uh, how you uh, you teach you teach proper technique and things and it reduces injuries. But there are some times where it turns into, hey, our team is Super Bowl champion. And, and really, I bring up the question every year, and, and I get a, a mix of reactions where I say, how can there be 200 Super Bowl champions just in Illinois? And, right. and, 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 and listen, my kid has lost a Super Bowl as well. But I, I don't call it a Super Bowl. Hey, listen, you, you lost the championship for your division. No division. Your right, division. Right, right. But, but – you know that that has to do with a little bit of the trophy talking later, but really that's yeah. And I, I'd say I think that's a detriment to the situation because I think parents then put more weight on the kid. And football's got that pro angle, right? Where you were a three-time Super Bowl champion, this kid's gonna go okay. Wait, and maybe he's one of the guys that's really playing on the field. But like, as far as youth football goes and high school football. Where is Illinois in the country? Because I know, like, Texas is, like, it's a whole other thing. Right, right. Texas is all about football. Yeah. Um, so I would say Illinois is is probably mid-pack because there are some Midwestern um, states that do have uh, very well-ranked schools. Okay. I, I know um, the Catholic powerhouses in Illinois. Um, typically, there's always there's always a, a target on our backs, you know, playing for JCA sure. because people want to beat Catholic powerhouses. Okay. But, but you're right. Uh, Texas football is no joke. Right and, right, and and right. you know it's just like when you compare, um, for example, my my twelve year old he plays Division One Pop Warner. There's Division One, Two, and Three. Okay, and 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 they went to Orlando in December and they lost both their games. There were only twenty four teams allowed in the championship, so he's one of the best twenty four teams in Pop Warner. But you know some of his friends. So Division One, just like college, right? Division yeah, one's Division the best. One, Two, and Three. Okay, but Division One's the top. Correct. Okay, so you know in he, high school, the bigger the A, the more A. Right, eight A is the biggest. The higher number, right. the more yeah, you were. Exactly. So Division One, uh, and you know, and you know, some some of my son's friends would say, "Oh, well, we went undefeated." Uh, well, you were playing Division Two, and and oh, you yeah, know, my right, son's team, right. who lost both games, would would roll over yeah. your team. Sure, but that, that's neither here nor there. It's it, it's a perception. Now, do they in high school? Do they do so? Like, uh, I think last year Montini won like the national duels. For wrestling, so they like okay. they take the very best team out of Illinois, which was Montini, and then they go to a tournament where they wrestle all the best teams in the country, and then they won. So like Illinois was the best high school wrestling you know team that was out there, uh, and then we have like uh, even at the youth level, and the so high school split into two, uh, which I mean football sort of is too because you have the freshman team, the JV, the sophomores, you know, right. it's split. Like that, but 
um, you're a junior or a cadet in 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 uh, freestyle and Greco. So if you're a um, on the you know junior national team or the the cadet national team, then you know like if you win, your team wins, and you go on to like win a national championship with your team. So the uh, cadets are freshman, sophomore, generally depending on birth date, and juniors are juniors and seniors. And like Illinois has done very well in Greco and in freestyle as well. So like Illinois is, you know, if there was an argument on a Facebook page that was all about wrestling, there's five states that, that have an argument to say that we're the best sort of a thing. Right. Illinois is definitely one of them. I would say Illinois, you know, can argue with three states. You know, you could be like Ohio, Iowa, Illinois, and, you know, maybe you could say something about California or something like that. But California is an outlier because it's got 40 million people in one state. Right. As far as the youth sports go, uh, if we talk, uh, let's talk baseball or let's talk football first. There's there's really not um, uh, so teams are ranked both statewide, area wide, and then nationally. Okay. So say for example, if JCA were to win a state title, they wouldn't go on to play other states. Now, uh, so there's a little bit of leeway at the beginning of the year. Some states, some schools like Joliet Catholic, like a couple of years ago, we played a team in south, southern Wisconsin because we because we get to pick and choose who we want to play other than our division. Uh, Nazareth Academy, they went down to St. Louis and played Missouri's number one team. Um, now, on the national level, if your team is ranked in the top 100 in the country, say, for example, Mater D or De La Salle, they pick their schedules outside of their four-game conference, and they'll okay. travel all over the country potentially to play these football teams. Wow. But really locally, state, uh, statewide, for the most part, uh, public schools will play public schools. Uh, unless you're a state powerhouse, you'll stay within the, you'll stay within the, state, the state lines for the okay. most part. All right. Now, does it work the same with, uh, like, I think it does, the, the Catholic schools can recruit, right? So, so you're right. So, and, and, you know, you and I, we went to Lincoln Way, yeah. and 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 I've I had a great education at Lincoln Way. I have no qualms about it. Um, getting my son uh, when my son was recruited, recruited per se, yeah. to Joliet Catholic. I, I think that the word recruited, I think some people uh, take it like politically too far left or too far right. Okay. So, for example, there's only there's only a few hundred boys total. But yes, those boys, uh, some of those were probably recruited to play football there. Yeah, wrestling's the same. They're definitely recruited. I mean, definitely. Like, well, Joey Catholic's um, state champion wrestler, he was recruited too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so, yeah right, right, so, right. so I'm not going to say that recruiting doesn't give us an advantage, but right. the number of overall students in the school um, uh, does also at times put us at a disadvantage. Because I know places, you know, uh, you know, we know coaches at uh, at Homewood, Homewood Flossmore. You know, they, they have a couple thousand kids and their linemen, they're, they're 300 pounds plus all the way across the line. Sure. Those are some big, and they're 8A football. Right. So th- there's something to be said for recruiting. Uh, I, I definitely, I'm, I'm not going to debate that. Yeah. Now we live in a weird area too. I'm a real estate broker and we, you know, like I'm always perplexed when somebody would rather take their kid and go to Providence than to Lincoln Way. Now the test scores at Lincoln Way are better than they are at Providence. So you're talking about an education there's better education to be had at the public school in this area, and I get it if you're if your kid because what 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 what's Providence's uh, football? Uh, they are four uh, A, four A or five A right, now. Right. So well, it, my apologies, they went up to six A. Did they? Okay, all right. So I get it if you got a kid that's the athlete and you want him to be in that you know situation. 
I do think looking at the the football stuff and even the wrestling stuff, it's 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 almost sometimes a gimmick because you know they they get their uh, A ranking on how they did and the population that's at the school. But if you're recruiting, then you're recruiting from a much larger population base than the public school is because the public school is only picking up from Coal City, and that's why you're 1A sort of thing. But so when I see a, um, a JCA for wrestling is 2A, and it's, it, it you know, we, we beat them in the duel, like, you know, as far as that goes. But, like, other 2A schools probably have a really hard time with that school because, you know, they recruit. So they go get the Hamedi kid. Right. Who's, you know, the, 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 I think that's what you're talking about. But uh, And he's outstanding wrestler and everything else. But they're able to reach further into a bigger population pool to pull their athletes from. So I think there is a little bit of unfair. And then I don't know whether it's the same. Like, my dad went to Leo in, in, in Chicago and I think the Catholic school thing was a much different animal 30, 40 years ago, or geez, well, it's further now, oh my right. gosh, we're old, 50, 60 years ago than it is today as far as that goes. Now, they still are recruiting because, I mean, you know, is there any kind of distance rule? Like, can you recruit There's, from- There's not a distance rule. Okay. Um, you know, uh, my son was offered, um, offered positions at Providence, Nazareth, and Joliet Catholic, and he chose Joliet Catholic. Now, why? So, uh, you know, funny story. So when we were in our eighth grade year, we uh, each week we had uh, recruiting recruiting members from both Nazareth Academy and Providence each week, and Joliet Catholic was only there one or two games. Uh, in the end, we got some advice from, uh, from uh, a family member or a coach that said, hey, listen, the problem with Nazareth, and Nazareth is a great school, great academy, they won a couple state championships, is... Um, you have to get on a bus at five o'clock in the morning to be there by seven thirty. Yeah. And when you when when you, after football at night, you get on a bus at five thirty night, and you get home at seven thirty at night. Oof. If you go to Joliet Catholic, we're two miles away. You you get up at seven twenty and you leave at seven forty. It's appealing. And you're home at two forty. Yeah. Right. And, and that's and that was really the appealing thing was is that you, you can go for the glamour and the glory. And and really, I think this is something that really says uh, says you know uh, a lot of good things about uh, about my ex wife and I. Um, at least when it comes to youth sports, is we really uh, talk Joey and train Joey to understand that you're going to Joliet Catholic because we think you're going to get a great education there, not because you're going to be a great athlete. Right. You're not going to be right. drafted by the NFL because you go to Joliet Catholic. Sure. And, and now, what's his plan after? Is he going to college to play football? Or? So right now, so right now we are in the middle of making a decision between quite a few schools. He's going to school to be an engineer. Okay, good, and good. an engineer, uh, you know, limits your schools from twenty thousand down to like four hundred. You know, it yeah, quite limits for it for sure. Right, and uh, and a school in Indiana, uh, uh, Rose Holman, is actually the best engineering school in the country. Okay, and they offer a football program. And right now we're simply waiting on all the financials to come through and he's going to make his decision okay. because the most important part for at least that we try to instill in Joe is that, is that there are so many good professions in this world. There are, there's trades, there's degree professions, but please do not get out of college with a $200,000 in debt. Oh yeah. Right. Please right, do right, not do no, that. Right. That's a joke now. I mean, that that's insane. Like that can't even like that, you know, that's one of the reasons I don't 
envy kids of today. They definitely, like, you know, these boomers that are, like, talking about, like, you know, well, I, I had to pay for college. You, you had to pay for college and it cost a tenth of what it costs right, right now. It's a completely different game as far as that goes. And part of that is the federal backing of student loans made it that every knucklehead could get a student loan. So then the college just kept jacking up the prices, jacking right. up the prices. Like this is, this is, yeah, it's, it's way out of control. And my big problem with that is a, it's a political one. I, I College used to be the great equalizer. If you were a middle-class kid who worked real hard, you know, did your studies and everything else, you could change your family's trajectory by attending a really, you could get into Harvard, you could go to a really right. good school and you could, you know, raise your family's, you know, income level to a different level. And now it's becoming a situation where, yeah, you could go get that degree, but you're going to spend the next 20 years after that just trying to make things float. It's not good for the economy. As a real estate broker, it's terrible. There's all kinds of people that get out of college, they're 30 years old and they still can't right. afford to buy a home. They're living in their parents' basement. This is this is not it's not a productive way to run a country as far as this goes because and and I'm I'm a firm believer and I have a podcast uh Wednesday night with uh my friend Eric who's a big proponent of the not going to college to like you know getting it in the and uh, listen everybody's got their thing everybody does you know some people are not set set for college other people are I think that the bar should always be set at Use your brain in this situation and get an education. My sons get very good grades. They're in AP math, AP science. They, they're going to be engineers as well. That That's what they want to do. That's fine. They also can build everything. So, like, we, right. you know, they can fu- fall back on that situation. They, they don't need to do that as their first career. And I'm here to tell you, as a guy who broke his neck on a construction job, and, and I saw men that were in their 40s that looked like they were in their 60s, Construction will make you old fast. Right. So if you can find a job where you can make a really nice living and you can not damage the shit out of your skin and everything else out in the sun, then then do that by all means. But it's become a situation where you yeah, you're gonna leave with a quarter million dollars worth of so now you're starting out life with this situation that's ass backwards. You're never gonna get ahead. The you know, the way that people end up making money is Stuff like, you know, the day that you get your house paid off and you're still earning a living, you can start to make some headway here because you don't have the mortgage and everything else going on. These young guys today... It won't happen for them. No, no. It you're going to pay a mortgage off before you start even buying a house. And, and, and you know, and, and to your point, you know, a, a couple things that we thought uh, about private schools and athletics in general is we had a parent um, during a tour, during a, you know, just a, you know, tell us about Joliet Catholic. Um, they said... That that the amount of money that you would spend over the course of eight years, if you went to four years of public high school and four years of college, if your son or daughter gets really good grades, it could be offset by the amounts of grants and scholarships that you get doing well at a private school. So I thought, okay, that's just kind of a, a hook, you know, to get you to come yeah, to a right, private school. Sure. Um, you know, like your kids, like your boys. Uh, uh, Joey is um, Joey is an athletic scholar. He's great at uh, he's in all AP classes. And he virtually will get a free ride to uh, nearly every college that we've applied to. Okay. 
So, and, and, and that could be up to $40,000 a year. And, but that, that, but that's really hard work. And like you and I talk about as a parent, we're telling them, this is what you have to do. What's most important is, 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 is education and getting where you want to go before athletics. Right. right, And, and, And I really think that that's a, that's a win with good parents today is that, you know, years ago, I always tell this story to, to parents who have five, six, seven, eight year old kids. Cause Typically, I'm involved. I was involved in athletics um, as either I was on the sports board or I would talk to parents of little kids because, you know, I love to see the little kids with the big helmets run around yeah. at five, six, seven years old. I would tell them that the most important thing is that they're, is that they're involved, uh, they're having fun, they like what they do because you don't want them to get burned out when they're older. And, right. and, and that sometimes it's a sad state of things is, is they're tired. They're tired. Even my 17-year-old, I got to tell you um, – he went out for baseball in his freshman year, and he, he didn't want to play. And, and and it took us until the beginning of his senior year for him to say, hey, I, I, I really liked baseball. I was just tired of playing it. And, and he was great. He was a one-hitter. He was an outfielder. He was a pitcher. He, he was really good at baseball. Not a major league baseball player, but he was really good at baseball. But we started him at five years old. And, 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 and you, before we didn't know better, between the ages of – 10 and maybe 12 and 13 you would have a baseball season and then you'd have three weeks off you'd have football and then the second football ends you'd start right back into baseball in december and then you'd practice from december to april until your games and then so you would really be going 12 months a year with multiple sports right and and really i i had a couple key things in my life you know one was uh you know one of his one of our doctors once one of the child's doctors said Hey, um, you know, tell me about your, you, you know, how involved your children are in sports. And I said, all right, that, you know, here's where they're at. They play year round. And he's like, Hey, I got some advice for you. And, and I see it all the time. He said, if they're going to play sports, make sure they play different sports. Sure. And then the second thing was, he's like, make sure you understand that your kids need a break, even if they don't want one. Right. So growing up, you know, we would let our kids play video games in the month of December. And we say, hey, sit on the couch, do what you got to do, because mm-hmm. baseball starts in January. Yeah, and and I think that takes some of the some of the the lethargic action of doing it over and over and over again, you know. Because I'll tell you, my younger son Nick, because of the way his birthday falls, you had to be four years old on April thirtieth in order to play pony baseball. So Nick's birthday is on April thirtieth. So he started when he was three years old. Oh, good golly! So, so, so I, he's a good baseball player today. Not always because he's just overly talented, but he really started when he was three years old. Wow. And then he yeah. moved up after the first year to play with seven, eight, nine-year-olds after a year and a half. But my concern is now is that in the off-season, I really want him to be a kid. I want him to go down and play with sure. his friends down the street. I want him to play video games online with his friends. And, and I know parents today... Which, which I'm sure will be a podcast down the road is the, the amount of video games or the amount of FaceTime they have in front of screens is an issue today. But I have oh to tell God. you, I tell my kids in December, go upstairs, play video games. Because in January, at January through November, they really are hustling. They're in the gym. They're on the field. They're playing sports. And, and right. I think they have a good I'll balance. tell you what. I have a, I have a different... I think that the you know we have a we live in a country where if you look at what the crime rates are they've dropped and dropped and dropped and dropped. The crime rates are actually very low, and in a consistent way for like the last twenty years they've been falling off. Um, my kids don't get in trouble 
as you know as much as we did when we were kids. But I think some of that is the screen time that they my, my guys do a lot of their living, which I guess for if you want to be an old codger kind of a thing, like we think this is bad, like that you're just sitting there doing this. But they're interacting with their friends. Now they're not making eye contact and they're not doing and I think there's a time that you have to have that too. I mean, they, you know, they're at lunch with these guys. They're not homeschooled or anything right. like that. But the not being the the having something to do all the time at your fingertips. My guys are not big video game players. We brought like we bought like a Wii and the thing just collected dust. Like they they just they just don't like it's just not something that they ever gravitated towards. And They'll play some games on their phones and stuff. And my one boy will be like, he goes, yeah, I don't play video games. He goes, because at first I stink at them. And then everyone makes fun of me because I stink at it. And I'm like, well, you know, you're busy doing other things. So right. it's, it's not a problem. I, I don't care what you do. And I've always been like, uh, like I said, I bought the Wii the same way. Do what you want to do. But I think that those devices and stuff like that, they're not a detriment unless you're like, you know, spending eight hours a day playing single shooter games in-person shooter right. games and stuff like that i think that there's got to be a little desensitization with that situation and then the problem i have with there being so many you know one person shooter games or, or team whatever where your whole objective is to kill people kill people kill people kill people and you're uh 9 10 11 12 years old and this is what you're doing for a hobby all the time is kill people kill people right and then you become a 20-year-old man and you can go buy a semi-automatic uh, rifle and you keep looking at this thing and you're like, well, it'd be really cool. I'm not saying in any way, shape, or form that you'd want to go kill somebody, but I think that you want to go shoot this thing a whole lot and you think it's a really, really cool thing to do. Right. And I had the, the gun podcast. I did not grow up in that gun culture. I grew up in a gun culture that the shooting of the gun part of it was just part of how we did to go hunting. That was really it. I mean, I remember going hunting with guys that we didn't, you know, I went to their hunting spot, we didn't see anything, and we come walking out, and the guy shoots the stop sign. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? He goes, I didn't get to shoot my gun. And I go, yeah, we didn't see anything, so you didn't get to shoot the gun. Like, I'm glad I didn't get to shoot my gun, because you know what happens if I shoot my gun? I can only clean my gun now, because I shot my gun. Right. So, like, I was fine with not shooting if we didn't see anything. Now, if we shot, shot something, get to make dinner out of it, then I'm fine cleaning the gun. So, like... Um, I think it's a it is a bad situation as far as all the, you know, shooter games. It's maybe a little bit too much, and then, but I also think it keeps guys out of trouble. I think they're living their lives, playing video games and right. and chatting and all this other stuff. I mean, I'm surprised at the amount of. There's been my sons are seniors in high school, and I've been like, it's Saturday. Why aren't you out? Right. And they're like, well, you know, no one's doing anything, and they're like, you know, chatting with. I'm like, you know what? You're safe. You're right here. I'm totally right. cool with it. It's fine. So, like, I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with the video games. I don't have a problem with my guys that don't play video games. But uh, um, and it, I try to be diversified when my guys were little. Like I said, they played, like, three seasons of Little League Baseball. They played soccer when they were littler than that. Um, I took them. They did jujitsu, which is completely different, but it's also grappling again, and they like that. They're like, oh no, because they're like immediately we're better than a lot of the jujitsu players at this, right? Because we do so much of that. Um, so yeah, they have just been. I said to my sons, I said, listen, you guys, you know, you're, you're some of the top wrestlers in the state. If I had a magic wand and I could make you seven foot tall and make you 
the, you know, the fifth best basketball player in the state or something like that, would you take that? Would you want to be that guy or a football player, baseball player, whatever? And I said, remember, there's pro with those other sports. And they're like, nope, they wouldn't want any part of that. They, they, they like who they are. They like what they do. And I'm, I'm good with that. And I make my sons do stuff like they're required to go coach. So they coach kids that right. are between 4 and 14 years old. And they enjoy it. They don't have that much time. Um, I, I get accused of being a, like a dragon mom situation because, you know, it's like you, you get up, you lift weights, you go to school, you go to practice, and then you got to go to a second practice for the youth kids after that. And now it's 8.30 when you're ready to go to – it's time for bed. Right. I've also monopolized their day where now you can't get in any trouble in any way, shape, or form. You don't have any time. Right. Um, they're coaching too. I make my sons look at wrestling from another vantage point. And my one boy is like, he's like, you know, boy, I, you know, was doing this high crotch takedown. And he goes, I was coaching it. And I started thinking about when I was drilling it, am I doing it exactly the right way? Because I wasn't. I was doing it a little bit off. So I kind of changed. I'm like, that's exactly what I'm looking for you to do when you coach. First, you're giving back. You're helping some little guy. And for me, I explained this to my buddy, uh, Andy. I said, listen, patriotism's not, you know, USA, USA and waving a flag. It's what do you do to help somebody in your neighborhood? Like when I volunteer to coach, I drive almost 40 minutes back up to Lincoln Way West each way to coach little guys that are not my kids. Right. And I do it because I feel like there's going to be – I get a reward out of it. I do. When they're in high school, they come up to me and they're like, hey, coach, I have 18-year-old young men that are like, what's up, coach, and stuff like that, which I love. I think it's terrific. But I also get the fact that I help somebody into a sport, help somebody stay in a sport, right? however that goes – and then I feel like if this kid's in sports, maybe he'll help somebody. And that makes the country a better place as, as far as that goes. So that's patriotism. The other one's nationalism, and it's just dumbass shit. So, uh, you know, if as a parent, my job in parental support is not to scream at my kid. It's not to cheer for the team. I see lots of moms that tell their kids at wrestling tournaments, hey, Bobby's coming up. You just got to go over there and cheer for him and stuff like that. No one cares. That's not a thing. Like, you know, it's complete nonsense. Right. Um, I'm sure that, like, my sons, when they're wrestling, they hear a cheer or, or something like that, but it's not why they wrestle at all. Right. My sons would say the same. Yeah. That, that, yeah. that, that if I'm yelling, whether, you know, you know, if I'm yelling, hey, go get them, do this or that, they both say they don't hear anything. No. They, no, they don't hear no, it. Right. And I don't. I, I mean... And I make jokes like there's a there's a couple dads that are really super emotional. I don't know if these guys, if it's if it's good or bad. I don't do it because I feel like it would embarrass my child. And I, I know that these other boys are are a little bit mortified that their you know dad is like freaking out uh, mad side. Um, but I I mean I joke with those dads like in high school level. What do I give a shit what you do? You're already past the time where you could change anything. And the one guy said to him, hey, you know, at the real estate office, we've been kind of like lagging a little bit. Could you just come there and holler at us? Could, I will pay <laughs> you. You just come in and be like, call that lead back. You know, scream like uh, instructive things at us to do. I never understood it either because if you're in a high-pressure situation at your job and somebody at the job just decides to stand back and start screaming at you what to do, how is that going to be helpful in the situation? Right. Um so the dad thing where the kid is down there and he's getting pinned and he's screaming at him what to do. 
Just stop. Just stop hollering. He obviously wants to get off his back. Yes, no shit. Um, so, you know, like those are the things that, that, that kind of like drive me nuts with the parents. The other one is, so does your son that's that's a senior, does he have pro aspirations? I mean, I would hope that he sort of does now So at he, this age. So honestly, um, I, I believe that, that he's under the R saying that his size right now may yeah. not qualify him because so he's a, he's a linebacker. And he's about he's about five eleven. He weighs about two ten right now, and and but, but his aspirations are is that he can play a sport he loves, and that sport will also help pay for his school. Yes, that right. that that's, that's, that's really right. what he's right. what he's there for. Yeah, and if he works hard enough at it, maybe there's a chance that he could you know find his way onto a squad. Absolutely, right? but the school that wants him to play football for him, they they contact us weekly to want to know what our decision is. They're excited for him. And and, and, and and that's where really where uh, where I think we've raised our kids right mm-hmm. in a way that our kids are the most coachable. They'll do what they need to do and they'll do it right. Right. And and, and I think that that is where I think that um, youth sports today has sometimes gone wrong because it unfortunately becomes about the parent at times. It becomes about the, oh, the I think the parent, people make the, it a reflection of themselves. Right, right. Like if, if, a, if a if a uh, a youth athlete fails, that somehow it's the parent's fault. And and, and that's how some people yeah, take that. that. Even, even micro failures, like little tiny things that happen. In football, I would guess it would be like, didn't catch the pass, didn't make the tackle. But like in, in, in high school wrestling, it's, it's, you know, he lost the match. I... I witnessed a father at the high school level i think the kid was a junior i think it was no he's a senior and his father the kid he just got out of football he came into wrestling and he did came in flat he did not look he he couldn't go the full three periods he was just not conditioned for this yet right and the father looked at him and said you suck i'm not coming back to another wrestling meet and he didn't the kid ended up at the end of the year qualifying for state and the dad was back there then but like whether my kid stinks or not does not d- determine whether I show up to the matches. It just doesn't. Right. And I mean, when I go to most of my boys' high school stuff, I, I mean, I go to every single high. I don't miss a match. But when I go, I watch all the other guys wrestling matches too. Like I'm watching though. I'm there. I'm a fan of the sport. Right. So I'm there for that. And you will almost never hear me say anything except for add a boy or uh, go get a man, go do your thing, that kind of thing. Or there's times where I'm like, hey, smile. You don't get to have fun. Go have fun. We go do what you're supposed to do and have fun. So, you know, we have a thing where in our house where it's like, listen, and it's easy because my boys have similar attitude as me. We can't sit still. So... You know, my day today was that I got up this morning, threw together breakfast for the boys. They went into the gym, hit the weights. They ran. Um, when they left for practice, they had practice at 3 o'clock this afternoon. I took off and I went to the mall and I did 10 miles at the mall. So, um, and you know, then I came back here and I made myself something to eat and then I'm doing a podcast. So, like, my day is always this way. And, I mean, I, I fit in some – I had a real estate contract earlier today also. So, like, I get everything done and then whatever got to be done around the house and everything else too all day. My day won't end. It is – it's 9 o'clock now. It'll be 11.30 when I, when I hit the rack tonight. And then at 6 a.m., I'll be up and doing whatever I'm doing. Right. Um, so, I mean, and for me to do um, 10 miles at the mall, it's three hours. 
So three hours, just go. And I'm just trying to get some. It's it's very difficult for a guy in a wheelchair to get cardio. So like I'm trying to raise my you know level of my heart rate and everything else to keep it there for quite a period of time. But my guys are the same. So like there's never a time where it's like I don't know. Everybody's different. I've seen guys at the youth level that their parents got to drag them to practice. I've never had to do that with my guys. And I even played it. So here's another bit of advice for a parent. I, this would probably go any sport. I Sports was a privilege. If my sons were uh, jabbering back to each other, arguing, whatever like that, and they were in third grade, I'm like, the two of you, you knock it off right now or there will be no wrestling practice. The one time, that, the first time that I said that, both of them had kind of a weird look on their face like, that's what you're taking? You're taking, they're going to beat us up all day, all for two hours tonight. And then I'm like, I'm telling you, no wrestling. And then they're like, all right. And then they stopped. They went to wrestling. And I was a dad that, no, if I said it and you you kept, oh, it's, oh, it's, it's totally on. I mean, I bought a trampoline and said, if you screw up on this thing, it's out of here. The one of them boosted the other one up onto the roof of the house from the trampoline. Right. It was gone. <laughs> Two days later, it was gone. They could not believe that I actually went through with a brand new trampoline and got rid of it. So, like, you know, it was always that way. And then my guy started to look at wrestling as a privilege, as a thing that he could take away if he wanted to. Also, my sons were told, get a C. Get a C. One time in school, you won't wrestle. And I think the other thing that my guys had going on was, uh, I can't get a C because my brother won't get a C. I won't be able to wrestle. He'll be wrestling. Like, all this is bad. My guys were good enough when they were younger that they had to both take first place, and then it was pizza night. So, like, after the tournament, if they both took first, we went and got pizza. So, like, it was a competitive thing between the two of them to make sure that they weren't, you know, one didn't do worse than the other one sort of thing. Uh, So, you know, as a parent, don't – I can't even – like, don't punish your kid with physical activity. Don't punish your kid with, I don't know, wrestling practice or football. Like, that'd be insane to me. Make it a privilege. Make it something that they look forward to doing. Because, like I said, my guys never in their lives were ever like, oh, my God, we got to practice. And, and I really think that that you've hit it on the head for, for parents that are trying to get advice about getting youth kids through sports is – you know, I remember when my oldest, when Joey was eight years old and, and, and he came home with homework, says, I got a lot of homework. Um, and it was like 3.30. We had to be there at 5. He's like, you know what? I'm just, I'm not going to get to it. I'll just do it later. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. We're going to do homework to get to football practice. Yeah, right, it's, it, right. Football practice is because you do the homework, right? Right. And really, ever since, ever since that, it's never been about, you know, my kids rush home. To get there, my little one, he rushes home to get his homework done so that he can get to football practice. Right. And if he legitimately had enough homework that he wouldn't finish it, he would have almost all of it done and then come back and finish it. But never was it, I have football practice, so I'm not doing my homework. Sure, sure, and, sure. And, and I really think that that's important today is I see some of that loss where where the ability to play a sport or, or dance or cheer or anything of that matter is absolutely a privilege. And, and it's not because of who you are or how much money you have or, or how great you are at the sport. It, it, it's because you're doing the other things right. Right. You know, like, you know, uh, you know, I'm sure you're aware baseball and football require tremendous amounts of purchasing sports equipment like oh, hockey and all sure. that Hockey's stuff. And, and we would always tell our kids the reason why you get 
good batting gloves, good bats, is because you do good in school, not because you're a good baseball player. Sure, sure. It's because you do good in school and you do the right things. Right. And I don't know, I don't know, and I talked about this the other night in another podcast. I mean, I end up repeating myself when it comes to this stuff. I do not know of one top wrestler that I don't know their parent. And I don't know them. Like, I've never talked to them. But I always can see where the parent is, you know, in the situation. So, like, parental support is huge. And, again, I'm not saying, like, there, there, there is such a – and, I mean, I don't know. There, there are books out there. There are – there are books on how to be a, like a wrestling parent. There are books on how to be a sports parent. Problem is, motherfuckers don't fucking read. Right. This is the problem. And it, it, it aggravates the shit out of me because it's so easy to go do. And, I mean, I did it. Like, I, I, I had, um, before I became a coach at wrestling, I was at Barnes & Noble and picked up coaching wrestling for kids. So I picked it up and I read the book. Found out later that to get my first coaching certificate – I had to read that exact book and then pass a test that had to do with that book. So, like, I did it all on my own because I didn't want to be in the way. And I've always even been that way with, like, the wheelchair stuff of my kids. Like, when I started going to plays and different things for school functions, I'm like, hey, does it bother you that I'm in the wheelchair? Does it, like, do you feel embarrassed by this at all? And they're like, no. And I'm like, all right, that's fine because I don't want to socially screw you up because this is the situation right. like this. I don't want to embarrass you. Um, you know, so like I, I'm always looking out for my kid's best interest, but I think I feel that my kid's best interest sometimes is for me to leave them the hell alone. Um, you know, a wrestling practice is really intense. Um, and I was at first football practice. Football practice can at sometimes be intense, but it can a lot of times be fun. There's a lot of camaraderie. I'll tell you what, there's a lot of wrestling practices that it, it it's not. There's not. You're going to run your ass off, you're gonna sweat your ass off, and then while you're not when when there is contact between you and another teammate, it's wrestling. We're gonna try and beat right. the shit out of each other. And it's a competition because coaches are looking. There's so many kids that I coach over that they glance up and see me looking and then they turn on the gas to beat the kid that they're just practicing with. And there's times when they're drilling where I'm like, hey, you have to let him do the drill you have to let them right. go through the motion but these kids it is it is i see all kinds of wrestling practices that they had fun because they exerted themselves but it wasn't fun like uh, we're goofing around ja ja have fun you know all right. this other shit so the worst thing a parent can do right after an intense practice is Grab that kid, put his arm around him, and be like, oh, why'd you do this? And why'd you do that? And, you know, I saw that uh, Bobby over there took you down three times. And why aren't you guarding your – like, he doesn't need advice after two hours of this. Right. Buy so him the, an ice cream cone. So the same thing, so the same thing that, uh, that, that you've seen in, in wrestling is we've seen in football and baseball. And, for example um, – after uh, during a practice when they have water breaks every 20 30 minutes they'll come over and the parents will walk up to the kid while he's on a water break and say hey listen you're not you're not doing a b or c right oh. hey uh and, you know and, and the rule that our coaches have had the last couple of years is uh is is uh parents cheer coaches coach let the coach do the coaching right, right if, if right. you're going to support something um, to run up during a water break is not the right thing. And especially in youth baseball. In youth baseball, and, and it is a little bit less now that Nick is 12, but when they were 8, 9, and 10 years old, 
uh, after an out and everyone would come into the dugout, the parents would like start to migrate up to the dugout and start saying, Hey, Hey, use this bat or make sure that, you know, you're swinging this way. And, 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 and it, it just doesn't, it's not good for the youth trying to do it because now they're being coached one way potentially and being told another. Now, they're, they're, in the, in the baseball thing. So, um, grew up with a, with a guy who was a really good baseball player. And I, like, I don't like to use their names unless I talked to him, you know, beforehand, but this guy was really good. Like I was like, wow, man, he's really good at baseball. Like I saw him hitting and I'm like, Oh, he's, I mean, ping, everything's going over the fence. It's terrific. And then you start to realize that there are some of the equipment you can buy in baseball is definitely helps as far as you can buy some really nice bats right. and stuff like that. And then the first time I went to this guy's house, he had a batting cage in his backyard. I'm like, that is not fair. Like you, he just right. goes to his backyard and bats the entire time. Like that's great and everything else, but that is a, a you know like where money comes in makes an advantage in the situation. For me, that's one of the beauties of wrestling. If you can just afford some foam mats to put down, and you've got some sort of education as to what the sport is and stuff like that, then you can be you can from nothing you can be the greatest wrestler. But some of those other sports, boy, you you need that specialized equipment you need like there was a place in uh, new lennox that the guy would do uh batting practice and like all kinds of stuff outside right. of practice um and i gotta imagine that gets ludicrously expensive to constantly be taken to tutors and stuff it does it does so um so so nick does take lessons but the lessons are really to make him more confident not to make him a major league baseball player. Okay. But I can tell you that there we have seen parents bring kids in who will take lessons year round. And even the trainers that Nick has, Nick has great trainers. They'll even say that they know parents that bring their kids in year round. And but now, now, I'm a, I'm a big uh, proponent of you know what so my sons I always told them to listen, everybody that's responsible goes to practice when you're in the youth level it's three days a week that you're pretty much at practice if there's no tournaments on then then they go a weekend day two and it's four days a week for the first three or four weeks before the season starts but once the season starts you compete on the weekend you practice during the week it's three nights a week high school it's five nights a week that you're right. or, or whatever well that when this, when this it depends these past couple weeks they've had only a tournament on saturday but high school wrestling is different too because You'll wrestle Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Um, there are weekends coming up in the season for my boys where they will wrestle one one uh, match Thursday, Friday one match, and then Saturday they'll wrestle four or five times. So like over a weekend, you're going to wrestle six or seven matches. Right. It's a lot to, to do. So you're not practicing then. You're getting your practice, your warm-up, all that other stuff that day. But I always told them to listen, it's – if you want to excel, if you want to separate yourself from those other people, then you need to do things outside of practice. So I'm I'm a proponent of that stuff, and my guys will run 20 miles a week during the rest the end of the wrestling season because, you know, part of their game is stamina and stuff like that. The whole you know everyone that's in wrestling needs to have be able to wrestle that third period. So, you know they they do hit the road and they do that stuff and they hit the weights and everything else. It's a tough balance between I'm trying to be lighter and I'm also trying to stay strong. So right. you got to do that th- those things. But the caveat is 
you know, if you're having your kid at batting practice 365 days out of the year, it's too much. Correct. You got to take some, you're going to get a repetitive motion injury from doing that thing constantly. Absolutely. So I, I, I don't know in those sports where the line is at as far as that goes. And we blur it in wrestling. I, I'll be the first to tell you, you know, we'll stop the folk style season, which is the high school season. Then we go to freestyle. Now it's a different sport. You're doing different things. Right. You're still in a wrestling mat with wrestling, wrestling shoes on and maybe headgear. So, you know, like you, you can you can be wrestling, but then not doing the exact same movements and same stuff. Um, so you can get a change up on it. And then we do Greco, which is uh, the waist up. You can't attack the legs. So again, you're doing something different. Uh, then my guys like to do some jujitsu also, which is arm bars and chokes and, and stuff like that. But this is really what my guys want to do. Like, if I said to them next week, hey, I can put you in this hockey, they'd be like, what the hell? <laughs> they wouldn't know what to even think about. But uh, I don't know where the line is in those other sports where in wrestling, when the season is on, I don't say hardly boo to them unless they solicit my advice. So <laughs> what my job is most of the time is – if we're in a duel situation where there's uh, four teams dueling and we're going to duel all three of those teams today, then my sons want me to watch their weight class the other time. You know, not their match. Obviously, they like to see make me to see them, but their match. But they want me to watch their guy that they're going to wrestle next and right. scout him out. So uh, that's what I do. Then they come back to me and they're like, all right, what did he do? And I'm like, well, he did you know, stand up like this, and he did, you know, he was looking for a single on your left leg, your right leg, that kind of thing. So they know what to expect when they go in there against that guy. But beyond that, like, I look at him like, hey, did you get something to drink and stuff like that? Like, I don't, you know, we're just talking about whatever. We've had, like, astrophysics, you know, discussions in the stands. Right. Because, like, you need to take your mind off that shit. And I would relate it to people take a vacation. And I was a guy, I'm wired, so I can't, I've never taken a vacation where I, like, laid in a lawn chair. Like, that. I, just kill me now because I can't even do that. But uh, I take a vacation where I would go fish or go hunt, and I would work just as hard physically at the hunting or fishing as I did at my job. I mean, I'd have like bleeding fingers from fishing, but my mind was I didn't think about construction the whole week just about. That was the break that I needed from right. everything. So my sons need that same thing. Like we'll have a ice fishing party here during the season. We have all kinds of shit that we do that's not geared towards that thing. And I I don't I'm an idiot. Like I don't I don't I'm not saying that I'm an expert on anything. It's worked out for me the way that I've done it and I would hope that maybe somebody could glean something from that and get it to work out for them. But everybody's different, so I don't know how it would be for somebody else. And I've maybe been lucky that my guys put the work in and then they win all the matches that they win. Um so like I can't speak for someone, but all I can do say can say to them is please, you've got to come the fuck down like it's not right. that big of a thing you know like there's things that you can say to your kids uh i mean we can get into some other parenting stuff too like i don't know how you are but it, it i roll my eyes every single time i see on social media some goofball posts something about beating their kid or spanking their kid right and i think to myself i'm like 
what logic are you using for this? I, my dad was a was a whacker, man. That guy liked to, and I don't say I don't know if he liked to, but he just had a temper on him, and like he would just get mad and and go off, and like you know before you knew it, he's choking you out, like sort of a situation. Right. And I never left those situations thinking anything except for next time I do that, I can't get caught. Right. I'm not going to change what I'm doing because this guy's an asshole. Like, I would have conversations with my sons about, listen, if you do this, you know, you're going to do this. And I can't stop you from doing this thing, but it's going to be detrimental to you in this way. Do you want it to be detrimental in this way? And the reason that you should do this is because it's going to help you in this way to get to this thing. When we talk about wrestling and stuff like that, I'm like, I've told him a million times. I go, listen, when you're 30, this is over. You're not going to do this anymore. But you know what you are going to do? You're going to do a job. And if you do that job just as hard as you do this job, you're going to be successful at that job. This is the whole reason that they wrestle is work ethic. It's to learn that I do and I get and then I and I succeed. So like parents that get so worked up about this thing and honestly, when I I coach at the youth level, youth level, when people find out that my sons are good, the very first question that they ask me is, "Colleges? Are they calling? Are they all?" And they are, but that's not like yeah, but we're right. we're actually discerning right now which one's going to get the best education, how that's going to work out, and who's going to give them the most amount of money to go where. And we don't have any. Um, my my boys both don't want to be D one wrestlers, right? Because it's too demanding. They want the education that they're going to get, and they don't want to be owned by a coach for for this thing. Now my guys are guys too. Like their physiology is they've been growing, growing, growing. My one boy started out at uh, 106. The other one was 113 freshman year. They're now wrestling 145 and 160. So the more successful wrestlers generally stay, like they don't move that much in the weight class. They like got their man body when they were like freshmen and then just kept building on that and stayed there. Like I know plenty of seniors that wrestled 106. They stayed right there. Now they're grown-ass men wrestling boys. So they're highly successful, but my sons didn't have that luxury. They will be better college wrestlers than they are high school wrestlers, but they still don't want. They'll go to open tournaments. They'll wrestle the D one kid that they saw whenever, and right. they'll try and beat that kid. But they will not. That that's not going to be their life, sort of a thing. So you know, I, I didn't know if, like I said, if your one boy had aspirations to be pro. Which I grew up with my buddy Danny had all the aspirations in the world to be pro, and I mean he was talented right. football player. And you know, kind of like what you said about uh, about you know the most important thing is is who's going to pay for him to go to college and where's yeah. he going to get the best education. Right. That's really what 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 I've tried to instill in him in the last few years. You know, getting the best education and and then and then you know getting on with your life. But something that that you mentioned that I think we've already touched on once tonight. Is that I think that the positive outcome of good parents who work through youth sports is that if they if they push to make the individual better overall and not just at what they're doing in one specific specific sport, mm-hmm. that, that that that's a win for a parent. If 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 teaching the your youth um, life lessons like losing 
or, or working harder and working as a team or working stronger as an individual or having a good regimen, those things transcend into the real world. And, and quite often we see where you'll have the overbearing parent or the parent who is who is negative about the sport or, or, or wants to uh, jump clubs or teams. Those are the parents that that are only hurting their child in the future because then their parent, you know, you know, we, we had a, we had a young individual who was a great athlete and he quit the team in the middle of the season. Then he came back the next year and quit it again in the middle of the season. And, and then that next season, when we wouldn't let him come back, we had heard that he had quit another team in the middle of the season. And when they told us, we said, that's, how is that not shocking? That, right. that, that that's okay. And, and, and that kid today, that kid only played two years of high school football because he wasn't coachable and he wasn't sure. learning. He wasn't learning the life lessons that he should have learned. Right. Is that, right. is that what sport you'll play? You're, you're going to do the best you can. We're going to give you the best tools, but you're also going to be in a team sport mentality. You're going to, you're going to give the best effort. That's best for your team. Right. right. And, right. And, 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 you know, you, you see those all the time. And, and those examples, I think, are just as good as life lessons as as the individual learning it. Right. And I mean I would I would say that if you're we've seen kids that were just super talented and not losing like there's things you don't learn when you don't lose. Like you have to deal with losing. You have to deal with the emotion of losing. You have to deal with like did I make mistakes and stuff like that. And for my boys I always pulled them aside and said, "Listen, if you, you're, you're lost and you hate that, right? And I told him at a young age, I go, listen, you're going to lose. It's going to happen from time to time. I do not, as a, as a father, as a man, I don't want you to ever be comfortable with losing. Don't ever feel like it's okay because it's not okay. It's, I mean, this may sound like a harsh or dick move or whatever, but this is who I am. I fought like I fought like, you know, I saw something today on social media where someone talked about an alpha male, and there's all these thirsty dudes. It was a chick that posted it, and these thirsty guys are all like, "I'm alpha, alpha, alpha." Oh bullshit! There's like, there's like maybe one of you that are, and the rest of you is just fucking total betas, and that's what you are, and that right. that's it. But like, I don't want my sons to be comfortable with losing because that's a mindset that you have to have in everything in life. If you go into a job, don't be comfortable. Don't don't. It's not okay. Like that's not a, like. It, it it it's gonna happen and you're gonna have to deal with it. My son's thing I, I said to him, I said, listen, if you're gonna lose and you're gonna disdain losing, you need to figure out something you can learn from that situation. So what did you do? You need to be able to look at a wrestling match. It's only a couple minutes long. Geez, when you're in the youth level, it's a four and a half minute or or a four minute ordeal. You need to be able to look back at that match and go, okay, did I protect this? Did I did I did I down block? Did I right. did you do the things you're supposed to do? And if you didn't, then you go into practice room and you fix what you have to change, and then you say you can work it out next weekend. Now, for me, that's growth. So it's the same thing if you took a test and you got it back and you're like, I bombed the physics part of it. Well, then I guess you need to work on physics a little bit more than what you're doing. It doesn't mean that you're uh that's the you know, like I know people that were like, I'm terrible at math. I'm like, eh, maybe you just took on that thought that you were terrible at math and you just kept running with that. Right. Maybe you just need to work at math a little bit better and you would have been fine with it. So, you know, uh, losing is learning was always the thing that we had said. There are all these cliche things. I think, and I mean, you know, you give me your input. I think parents are, my parents compared to parents today are completely different from the parents that I see 
today in sports. Agreed. I, it's become first sports itself. Youth sports has become big business. So there's people making lots of money on youth sports to begin with, and I don't know if that is translated into parents working it up to I have to spend you know a thousand dollars for my kids' leathers to play hockey goalie. Um, this is the paramount thing in my world, but my parents couldn't give a shit. They could not care less. I mean, my dad was a hollerer in the stands as far, as far as that stuff went. And there were friends that were like, you know, is that your dad up there? I'm like, yeah, that's my dad. Um, so that was a thing that I was like, most of the things that my dad did, I looked at and said, I'm not going to do it that way. Uh, I think other people, whatever their dad did, they became that guy. But the helicopter parenting today I remember playing football at Lincoln Way and not seeing parents, you know, scooting up on the water table. Or right. Like none of that shit was a thing. Um, there were some parents every once in a while you'd see them like at practice and they'd be watching stuff. The first couple years that I coached, we used to let parents in the room, and that was a disaster because then the kid was always looking back at their parent. Right. We actually got to the point now where we put paper over the windows and a sign that says no parents allowed in the practice room and stuff like that. Parents don't like it, but I don't give a shit. Like, just stay out of it. My son's coaches are Mark Rudiger, who's the first four-time Illinois State champion in Illinois, and a Rudiger. I mean, there's the, the, the wrestling is right. so deep there, it's crazy. And if anyone doesn't know, like, Rudy movie, that's their, that's their cousin, their brother. Their, 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 that's a relative of them. Um, and then the other coach is a two-time All-American at Illinois. So he placed third and fifth in the biggest tournament in the country in the college level. What the fuck am I going to scream that, like, he knows more than I do, right. so let's just do that. So, like, out of respect for them, I don't say anything. And then when you coach Matt's side, um, when you coach at the youth level or any level, there's two coaches, okay? Now, if I'm sitting there with another daddy, I'm pretty confident I know more than he does. I'm going to say what I want the guy to do. I'm going to tell him I want him down. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him the instructions. If I'm sitting there with a guy who wrestled in college, I'm not. Like, he's going to say it. I'm going to parrot it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit him a couple times. We're like, hey, he should, he should switch. He should. And he's like, hey, yeah, yeah. And then we, you know, we, we talk like that. But I'm not going to holler over the guy that I, I have respect for. Sometimes I've actually come off the mat where the coach that I had respect for, and I'm teaching, I'm, I'm showing him respect, comes away with, that guy doesn't say much. Sit in Matt's side, which I'm like, well, I'm not, you know, I'm going to say what you're going to say. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go with your plan because I figure you know more than I do, sort of a thing. So part of the daddy coaching thing is ego. It gets in the way. I think that there's parents that think they know more than a guy who's made a career at this. Correct. In football, do you get uh, the the coaches? Do you ever get uh, high school? I mean, not high school, but like college or pro. That that I mean, a pro football player probably never coaches high school football, though. Um, not uh, you know, but there are relatives. So like okay. Coach Thayer coaches at JCA. You know, Tom Thayer's mm. relative. Okay. Um. Yeah. You know, uh, Rudy's often at Rudy's gym. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, right. You know, and Francis's brother is always on the sidelines at JCA. Okay. But you don't, uh, other than that, you really get good coaches who, you know, their kids aren't on the team. They're not playing daddy ball. Right, right. But, uh, but I really think if we could step back a second, I want to I wanna touch on something that you did is I think that parents today, 
have to understand that coaches most of the time are are giving their hard work and effort for free. You know, they're yeah. coaching and developing these kids and they're doing everything they can to make to make your youth successful. Yep. And, and I think sometimes we forget that. I, I think that a parent will be like, well, what the hell is he or she doing with my kid? And man, that, that coach has taken time out of their day right. to come here and, and, and see, help I don't know how kid. football works with that either, because with wrestling, there's a whole no, there's a, like all these approaches to how I want a kid to wrestle. So like I have twins my one boy wrestles in a fashion that he doesn't allow anyone to score on him. And there are sometimes boring matches, and he'll win them three to nothing. He had a little stint where he went, uh, when he was in the youth level, he scored 102 points and his opponent scored five. So, like, he's super stingy with his points. He shuts out, guys. Uh, I think this year he went five weeks without surrendering one point. So he was undefeated, obviously, but like, and he wasn't pinning people. He'd win like five to nothing, three to nothing, seven to nothing, nine to nothing, stuff like that. And then my other guy, he does not care at all if you score on him because at some point he's going to pin you. Like that's what his game is. He's just looking for this way to pin you sort of thing. So there's all these approaches. And then with wrestling too, there's all these moves. And if parents would understand in wrestling that if I could get your kid to do six things well, he could be a state champion doing six things well. They want fancy this and fancy. Right. Like they want this banana splits and the, you know, the splatles and all this other just nonsense shit that you won't see play in college anyway. And they're upset if you're not teaching their kid the latest, greatest move. I hear parents in the stands like, yeah, they don't teach, you know, Gregory that Gregory never learned any of those moves right and I'm like you don't need that shit he needs a good stance he needs good defense he needs he needs to be solid at these things and then he can go real far and then they're taking him somewhere else so they have no faith in you another bit of advice for really any sport would be if your child does not have faith in your coach it's over He's not going right. to listen to him. So if you're undermining, if you're if you're telling little Johnny that your coach is an idiot and stuff like that, and then you're worried, then you don't understand why three quarters of the way through the season, your Johnny's not doing very well. Well, because the guy who's actually the coach is not being listened to by Johnny because Johnny listened to you and you're a moron. Like I mean, you know, there's so many parents that try and get involved in, and the wrestling thing it drives me nuts too. I had a more than a couple of parents that I was like, hey, you got to calm down. And I got the wheelchair thing to get over, right? So they see this guy and they're like, what the fuck do you know? And then like I look at him and I go, well, if your goal is to get your kid at six here to wrestle all the way through high school, there's my two 18-year-olds right there. So I guess that's what I know. So maybe right. you should follow my lead a little bit. And once they see that, they're like, oh, oh. And then they're up my ass to be like, well, what do you think about this? What do you think about right. this? But before that, they're disrespectful as, as all hell. You know, maybe put your jackass ass in check for a second and start being respectful if you want your kid to act like a respectful adult. Because, you know, anyone who's there, like you said, volunteering my time, I certainly do not need any fucking lip out of you. And right. some of them are... Lucky, because I was a guy that did not have 
good restraint when it came to look at me wrong. I will fucking punch you. Right. Uh, so I'm in this chair now, and there's people that have definitely uh, – we had a situation at a wrestling tournament where the the team mom – that does everything. She takes care of all our coaches' cards. She manages the tournament. If it wasn't for this lady, we would be a clusterfuck mess of a bunch of idiot wrestlers that don't know how to run anything. Right. And some guy told her to go fuck herself. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I, I'm paralyzed. But if I can get out of this goddamn chair, I'm going to go choke right. him to death. Right. Like, what are you doing? Like, what are you? And his kid doesn't wrestle anymore. So, like, you know, there you go. You got to lead by some sort of example as a parent. The other thing with the emotion, even on a football field, if your kid sees you freaking out on the sidelines at Matt's side or anything like that, that puts an extra, there's pressure on any kid to perform anytime he's on the field. If he's on the mat, if you don't think that that kid is aware that there's a whole crowd of people that are watching him get put on his ass or whatever the hell's going on, if you up the ante and put more pressure on that kid he's not going to perform better that's not how this no they works. don't get any better with that right, right now to bring on uh you know to kind of touch on what you said about daddy ball so daddy ball in 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 team sports i think um unfortunately becomes you know like we saw some of the posters when we posted the podcast there's positions for example in daddy ball where the head coach makes his son the pitcher when he shouldn't be the pitcher sure. he goes in when he shouldn't be he yeah. bats where he should be he plays a position he should play or right. shouldn't play same thing with football. They're they're the quarterback. They're the they're the position that they want to be, regardless of whether it's good for the team or not. Right. right. And, and 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 that that that's a touchy subject. Um, I, I think I think we've been blessed the last few years to not have daddy ball, but but we've seen it. We've seen it across different teams, different sports. I like it so much more in high school because there's less of it. At the youth level, they'll let any moron be a coach. Absolutely. Right. So then Absolutely. you're in there. And you need those coaches. You do. You need guys to volunteer and help out. But what you really need is guys to, like another tip, you can make your kid better by leaving him the hell alone, which means that you can go. So if I'm coaching and my friend Justin is coaching, I can coach Justin's kid, and Justin can coach my kid. So it's funny you say that. So that actually works well in baseball too. Okay. Um, you know, so for example, uh, Nick's last team last year, the third base coach, you know, would always uh, would always be the one coaching the other coach's kid, and vice versa. Right. Because they could both say the same thing, but the one who's not the dad or the mom get is the one they're to. listening yeah, to. Right. 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 So, and that's the thing. Like you, if you just like loosen the reins here, you're gonna tell your kid to make his bed, do the dishes, take the trash out, all this other stuff. Let me let me tell him how to do a single leg. Now, I'll tell you, there is a huge gratification when I coached my kids or taught my kids in our basement a move. And then they pulled it off at, at a match. It's awesome. It's really great to see that right. work out. But you're going to have a lot more luck by having somebody else coach your kids than you coach your kids. And then you're also going to be seen in a different light too. Your kids, if you're a decent dad and you're decent with them, they're always going to call you dad. They're always going to look up to you and everything else. This other kid's going to call you coach if you coach him, if you do the things that you're supposed to do. And I, I'll tell you what, my favorite thing in the world to be called is dad. I love it. I love that my that I have a relationship with my sons. The second favorite thing is coach. Like I love to go tournaments right. and have kids come up and go, hey, coach. And I'm like, what's going on? 
you know, how are you doing? And I talked to him about it. And if I saw their match, I'm like, hey, you better work on that stand-up. You know, some, you know, we, you know, we worked on that, and that's not how we do it. So uh, it's, it's, it's spectacular to be in that position. But you got to put yourself in that position. I purposely designed my coaching with my sons to follow them into the sport. So they were in group one. There's three groups in our, in our, in our coaching uh, setup. And the group one is like the little tiny guys. Group two is the middle guys, the JVs. And then group three is the little varsity that's, you know, at the youth level. When my boys moved from group one into group two, I moved into group one, started coaching little tiny guys. When they moved from group two into group three, I moved into group two, coach there. There were all kinds of times during the year where I was at more practices than they were because I would go to every group two practice. And then if there was a separate night where there was a group three practice, well, I'd go to that practice too. And I still wouldn't coach my guys. I would coach the other kids that were there and stuff like that. And I think my guys saw that. And there was even a point where they were like, hey, could you pay attention to what I'm doing? You know what I mean? Sort of thing. And then they would come to me and be like, I'm coming up on math three. Can you? And I'd make sure that I did. I think it created a situation that they were longing for more attention than the other way around where it's like if this guy could just leave me the hell alone so like it worked out fine and then there's all kinds of coaches in their careers that they're like yeah that guy taught me this that guy taught me this move and it's terrific to have i would take my boys to uh, some of the head coaches will be upset and because there's an ego in coaching too but i would take my guys any chance i could to another coach just to have him put eyes on him and be like what do you see with this situation. Right. And it worked out fine. And I didn't get involved. I stayed the hell back. Um, so like, yeah, the the getting your kid, the, the being worked up about it, there are definitely kids who were not good youth athletes that became better uh, in high school. So like all that stuff is going to happen. And then like you got to take into consideration that uh, my son got in the – the uh, truck the one time we were leaving the tournament and he had taken second and the kid they took second to was a kid from harvey black kid and uh i think my boy was 11 or 12 and he goes hey dad he goes i know i'm waiting to get testosterone and all because this kid was like jacked and just you know ran him all over the mat and uh i go yeah and he goes why is it that the Italian kids and the black kids always get testosterone first? <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm sorry, you know, you're gonna have to shine it out a little longer, son, because you're probably gonna be like 13, 14, 15, right? Maybe like 17 before that's gonna happen for you. You're gonna have to work on technique. Um, so like, my guys were never discouraged because I had conversations with them. Maybe I was afforded luxury of time sometimes that people aren't, but. I don't know, having talks with, that goes back to the beating the kid. I, if your favorite color is red and my favorite color is blue, and I tell you, I want your favorite color to be blue, right. how many times do I have to punch you to make your color blue? <laughs> uh, a million. It's never going to happen. I'm never going to. In fact, if I start punching you and telling you it's blue, it's never going to be blue. Right. So beating your kid is the dumbest thing that I ever heard of. Um Besides the fact that, you know, someday they're going to get bigger and beat the shit out of you. So that's dumb. And it goes the same thing for all this, like these, uh, I got these nonsense jackasses and I'm upset about it. And I'm not posting anything on social media about it. These fucking (laughs) mental midgets that I want to kill that 
are all gung-ho for World War III when I have 18-year-old sons. Right. I don't need any of that shit. I've done everything I can to put these people in society and not make them assholes. And you want to send them off to some fucking foreign country so they can get a limb blown off or their brain scrambled. Right. And I don't need that shit. I worked real hard at being a parent on my end. So fuck off. Uh, because bombing a country has never done anything except for create more terrorists. It's never done anything to change anything as far as that goes. Uh, you know, when World War II ended, there were all kinds of underground youth Germans who branded themselves with 8-8. You know what 8-8 stood no. for? 8 is the, uh, or H is the eighth letter in the alphabet. Heil Hitler would be 8-8. So they, they were so set, even though they were a defeated country and everything else, right. they were still going to do this thing, whether you liked it or not. So like, you're not changing anybody's mind on this stuff. Now, when the German people saw some of the atrocities that went on in the prison camps, they had a completely different view of the Nazis than before they saw that situation. Right, when their eyes were open a little bit more. Correct. So you can, but that wasn't a thing where you bombed them into submission. That was a thing right. where you enlightened them into the situation. So I take the same thing with my sons. Everything that goes on with them, I enlighten them as to why it's the best move for you personally to do. Son, you've wrestled all kinds of tournaments. You've won all kinds of tournaments. You've, you've beat all kinds of guys. Do you want to show me where all my medals are at? Because I didn't get one. No right. one gave me one. No one's ever walked up to me and pat me on the back and said, that's a hell of a job you've done there with him winning that match there, Bill. Right. No, it's got nothing to do with me. It's all them. So, you know, like, it's not a forced into into, into the situation sort of deal. Now, um, everyone's got different parenting philosophy. I would strongly suggest that you don't beat your kids hoping for good results. Uh, spend time with them, talk to them, explain to them why. Um, my, my father was a guy like that, I think out of just lack of time, and he just had a temper that, boy, if, if he got frustrated, it was just fucking, I'll just yell and right. scream and all this other shit. Um, but to your point, um, a little bit of evolution is so, you know, uh, my parents spanked me as well, yep. but, that, but that doesn't automatically mean that I spanked my kids. I, I've never touched my kids. But 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 I understood the evolution of hey, um, uh, they thought that would work on me. Maybe a lot of it didn't work on me. So why would I hit my kids because my dad hit me? That that's I not used the to way pray for a beating. To be honest with you, I'd be like, all right, all right. I know I'm going to get a choice. It's either going to get be grounded for a week or catch a beating. The right. Beating's going to happen. It's going to take 15 minutes. I'm going to get beat up and then I'm going to go out with my friends. Right. The grounding. I'm going to be stuck in this fucking house for a week. So right. I, I would rather have the beaten, and the beaten was an easy way out. Um, let's talk about the uh, – I posted the thing with the participation trophies. Sure. Okay, here's another. And, like, the beating thing is, a, is another thing that they post, but the, uh, the other thing is the participation trophy thing. Sure. I have read a bunch of articles on that shit, and I think it's complete bullshit, and I mean it's a sensationalized story for clickbait – there's some one soccer team league over here that tried to do something goofy in San Diego or San Francisco, and we've taken it national, and it's not a thing. So, uh, so I know that you did mention that that you don't see those types of things necessarily in wrestling. So, well, we do. Right? The, the, so the way it works in wrestling is when you're 
generally when you're uh, in the eight and under divisions, it might have changed now and gone to like six under because I know that they're, they're starting kids at four now at wrestling. And like you said, your one boy started at three. I wish that they would make a rule not to start anybody in any sport until they were seven or eight. I just think some of it's too much too soon. And then the problem is when you get a guy that starts at four and then you get a kid that's a really good athlete that would have been really good and he doesn't start till he's nine, the kid that started when he was four has got five years' experience and he beats the shit out of him and he runs him out of the sport. Right. So if you all would just start a little bit later, like you're wasting your time. I see parents literally driving their kid to fucking Oklahoma from Chicago to wrestle in a national tournament and they're seven. Right. Stop doing that. That's fucking stupid. That's not a thing. Right. This kid's going to lose interest by the time he's older anyway, and then it won't matter. So, uh, but but back to the point, the, the trophy thing, like I said, I don't, so in wrestling, that's what we're talking about. If you're, if you're, the divisions are tots or six and under, and then I think there's a intermediate, yeah, intermediate, or at least call it midget, but that's not politically correct now to call it the midget division. Right. Um, but uh, th- that was eight and like seven-year-olds. So eight and under was, was midgets. And I believe that most of the midgets and all of the tots for sure, which was six and under, it's a four-man bracket. So four kids go in, and all this is a blocked weight class. So they weigh every single kid that's in this age group, and then they just, okay, so this is the weights. You're, you're the next four in the weight. You know, we somehow in a computer, we arrange you by smallest to biggest kid. Right. And then we go four kids, boom, four kids, boom, four kids, boom. And so it's really fair, and most of the time there's so many kids there that they're literally like tenths of a pound difference between the kids. Right. Um, and nobody, 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 I say it a million times, should be cutting weight, nothing. You should not. You should feed your kid breakfast before weigh-ins when they're six years old. This thing where you want to win by, by cutting some weight off of a kid is the most nonsense that ever was. Uh, and I didn't do any of that. My kids are ranked kids in high school. That's fucking stupid. You're, you're going to make it that the kid doesn't do the greatest sport on the planet, and that's because you didn't feed them. The one basic thing a parent should do for their kid is feed their kid. They right. didn't do. It makes no sense. So, okay, so but you got a four-man bracket. They wrestle one match. The two kids that won go to the right side of the bracket. Two kids that lost go to the left side. The two kids that lost wrestle. The two kids that won wrestle. The winner of the you know winner side is the champion. The loser of the you know uh, loser side is the kid that took fourth. Now, when they're little like that, they collect a medal for one through four. So four kids in a four-man bracket, four medals. Technically, you got a medal for taking last place. You got a medal right. for taking fourth place. Now, I talked to my girlfriend. Uh, where I've been dating for 15 years. She's been around the boys since they've ever wrestled. And she said that she doesn't remember one time, and I didn't either, that the boys ever took fourth, that they went to a tournament and lost all their matches. And I said, I don't think that's ever happened. So I can't say how a kid feels. I didn't see it firsthand, but I know my guys had gotten third-place medals, so they lost their first match and then won their their second match. Right. Or they've gotten second-place medals for sure. And they were not happy with that medal. And I'm like, listen, listen, listen. You know, like you can't, it doesn't, the medal doesn't matter anyway. My sons don't wrestle today for medals. They could care less. But 
I still think that there's the, the problem is we make blanket statements. We make statements like participation trophies are stupid. We make statements that like uh, that kid got a medal for last place. He shouldn't have that. It's my job as a parent to look at my son and say, son, you did essentially get that medal for taking last place. But I've had wrestlers that I coach that will go three, four weeks. They're just not very good wrestlers. They're overweight. Their parents feed them a gallon of ice cream since they're going for practice. It's just a bad parenting situation to begin with or just not athletic. They're not bloomed yet, whatever it is. They just started wrestling. The other kids are wrestling for years that don't win matches for weeks and weeks. and Five weeks goes by and they right. won a match. I still look at those that kid every single time and I say, listen, Bobby, I'm proud of you. You worked hard. I'm sorry you haven't won yet. We're going to work on this. We're going to work on that. You need to do this. You need to do that. But today, you did better than every kid sitting at home on a couch. You did better than them. You came out. You strapped the shoes on. You went out and towed the line. Right. You did fine. Head up, kid. I don't want to see you down in the dumps. So if a six-year-old kid gets a medal because he took he's six and it makes him happy, I'm not taking that away from him. I'm not saying that right. that's a bad thing. Now, if he's 12 and he's getting a medal for taking last place, well, there's a problem here. Right. right. He should have this figured out by now. So I'm not for a participation trophy. The problem that I have with the nonsense posts and stuff, you saw the picture. It's a kid sitting there with literally a larger trophy than my sons have won for taking, you know, winning national stuff. Like, I mean, right. big tournaments, they don't get this big-ass trophy, and he's got this big smile on his face, and it's this is a participation trophy. He got it just for participating. First, I think the photo's bullshit. I think that the story's bullshit. Um, it's a trigger picture. It's, it's a, right. It's, it's, for, it's clickbait because journalism is where it's at today. And I think that... There's people that aren't even involved in youth sports. There were people that were commenting that didn't have kids that were like, "This fucking BS. And I'm like, listen, what if you've got kids that have, you know, the Special Olympics, every kid gets a hug and a medal. Every kid. Absolutely. That, and the, these are not, you're not, you're treating these kids like they're somehow, they still understand that they, that they didn't win or they did win or whatever right. like that. So and there, there's still kids that come out of the Special Olympics that are at the Lincoln Way School that if they're really athletic, they move on to another level of this thing and everything else. So that's one thing. The second thing is, is you know what? We're not all equal. There's kids that are on the autism spectrum that I coach, and there's kids on the autism spectrum that I know one that is a, is a couple times state champion, and he's autistic. So socially, he's not very good, but he steps on the mat, and he's really good there to kids that are autistic in another part, and they don't do well. So, so my take on that, if I could, um, before we move on, yeah. is is I agree with you wholeheartedly on participation trophy. I don't think that there's a hard line that you take on it, because I think that at the younger ages, even in the team mode, I think that if you are if you are giving a trophy to a child to keep them engaged in the sport, I think child, there's a value to guy, it. A child, right, right. but there is a point. Where I think you have to develop the child into understanding that, listen, you have the potential to win a trophy. If you don't, that just means that, you know, you've done a good job. You need to work harder at it. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's going to be a goal. Right. But you shouldn't walk out every tournament with a with a trophy. Even, no, I agree. I agree. And I mean, the the I 
so every single year that, that I've been involved with the youth level, every kid, even a kid that, you know, if you're 12 and you didn't win a match, then you didn't get any medals because they don't right. medal out to, those are usually eight man brackets. When they go to a tournament, they medal out four. So one, two, three, four gets a medal. The, the bottom four kids. So half the kids that showed up at 12 years old, don't get a medal right now. My sons would be freaked out if they went to a tournament. I mean, I have, and I've refrained. This year, it's their senior year, and I don't care. I've had people that get upset with me because I post stuff with my boys. They think I'm bragging or whatever like that. This year is their senior year. I don't care. I just post what's going on. I don't care. I mean, they went to a tournament this past weekend, and I, on paper, said they should win all their matches, and I just started doing, well, one down, two down three down they won all six matches i thought that they would they did i was confident enough that they were going to do that it might have been a little bit cocky or whatever i don't care um so this year i'm posting stuff but in my memories i get constant boom 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 that you know both of them took first both of them took first i don't post some of those but sometimes i do um i think there was a couple of like an elite tournament the first elite tournament that i took my boys to so elite tournaments in the youth wrestling there's no age so they were like 10 years old and you're wrestling eighth graders because based on weight it just weight only weight that's it right and they didn't medal and they were both like what the hell i'm like whoa you're like two year classes up wrestling these kids you're not gonna you're here for the competition there's like three of these this season that you're gonna do you're gonna get hammered you're gonna find out what it is at the next level to face these kids and else now they didn't place that one but they went to the next one they both placed as little young guys they're like holy shit these guys did pretty good so it was a lesson to not place it was something that like okay i i, I this is a whole nother game i gotta work harder but the the participation trophy that I think happens that some people put it on that's a bad thing which it's not is the plaque or the the trinket that you get at the banquet at the end of the year that every kid gets so if you're a 12 year old that didn't win a match this year you didn't get a medal you don't have like my son's a room or a box full of medals from the season you have no medals but you do have this one little engraved piece of glass that says 2014 Lincoln Way Wrestling Club member. Right. And you can have that on your desk or whatever. And if that little thing, you look at it next fall and you go, I'm going to go back and wrestle again and maybe I'll get some medals this time. That's worth it to me. Give Agreed. that kid that thing. Whether it's the team picture on the plaque or whatever it is that you get that year, I think that's totally worth it. It, it 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 is a participation it's you got this for participating for the entire year now we have 125 kids in the wrestling club um when we go to the banquet there will be 50 of them there because some of them don't make it to the end of the year right um some of them just don't show up to the banquet stuff or whatever like that it's usually the kids that you see on the regular that are there and the kids that you're probably going to see wrestling from here on in because it's a parental support thing it the the biggest things with wrestling that i could give a parent advice and i've had people text me and get advice is listen whatever sport talk it up talk it up if your kid plays badminton talk it up so everywhere you go with that kid be like 
Bobby's a badminton player. Bobby's a badass badminton player. Tell the lady at the grocery checkout. Tell the people at the sporting goods store. Whatever you do, tell people. Tell your aunt. Tell. Make it a big deal. Um, I made wrestling a big deal in front of my kids. The right. other one is, and wrestling's a little difficult for it. Football's easy. Watch it on TV. Have it on the TV. We found it on the Big Net, Big Ten Network, and my guys watch wrestling all the time. We have a Flow Wrestling account, which has all kinds of other duels for college wrestling. My sons know all the college wrestlers because they're into that sort of thing. Right. So those are my advice to people. Now, I may be wrong. Like I said, I'm just muddling through this thing. I got, you know, put a lot of work into it, and some of it may be luck or whatever it is. And I am blessed with the fact that I had healthy sons. There was nothing wrong with them physically, like as far as they weren't born missing a limb or something like that. Um, But like as a parent, these are the things. I'm a guy who's never screaming at the sidelines. I'm a guy who's never, I have never once, uh, one time I said said to my son, I go, you lost. And you lost because of that crap. All that crap. You lost because of that crap. And I was aggravated with him because I had talked to him for two weeks about some stupid move he was trying to do that was not going to work out, and it didn't work out, and he lost to a guy he should not lose to, and I was upset with him. Not really because he lost, because he didn't listen. He kept just trying to do this thing. And I wanted him to understand that I was not happy with what he did, and this was why. This thing that you're doing is not working. He stopped doing that thing in a way. So he learned the lesson. But otherwise, I'm never upset about losses. I don't care about that. They come over to me, and they think I am every single time. They're 17, 18 years old, and they're like looking at me with their head down, like, hey, head up, man. What are you doing? So, uh, so in Little League, so in Little League, um, at age 12, they have the opportunity to go play in Cooperstown. So this past summer, Nick, That's fun. It, 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 was, it was an amazing experience. So Nick played at Cooperstown, and um, he's one of the better hitters on the team. And during Cooperstown, he did not get a hit till the last day, and and by this and, and this is a week long event. By the second or third day, he was pretty he was pretty on himself. He was pretty hard on himself, and and and, and you know the the level of pitching's better there. Is that what's the skill set's better? There's people from all over the country there right. playing, and and you know what and and. In youth sports, once you get down on yourself, it's hard to rebound from you know from yourself. Sure, sure, Sometimes sure. you're you're your own worst enemy, you right? Know, when you're playing, right. so you know uh, the first level is is that we talked about. All right, listen, if you're not good at offense, be great at defense. Do what you have to do, and then secondly, what happened is is that basically after the third day of not getting a hit, I said, hey, listen, because uh, you know like like your boys are different. Um, uh, my boys are different in, in, in how they react. My older son, you know, he'd have a bad game. I'd be like, hey, snap out of it. You yeah. know, l- let's go. My little one, I have to put my arm around him and say, hey, listen, you did really good. You just have to treat him differently. That's all it is. Okay. It, it, how you approach and how you get them to, to accomplish their goals uh, are, are sometimes two different avenues. So I, I sent him an inspirational video because at Cooperstown, you stay in the barracks with your team. You're not with the parents. You're in barracks. You're with barracks with coaches. Nice. It's a great experience. Yeah. And on the last day, he got two hits. But but what he didn't realize is that, you know, he had come right up to me after like the Wednesday, the middle of the week, and he came up to me and and he had his head down, and I grabbed him and I hugged the crap out of him, and he's like, "Why are you hugging me?" I said, "Because you are doing great." 
And, and he's like, why do you think I'm doing great? And at that game, um, he had not really been a catcher previously to this season. And in that game on Wednesday, he had thrown out four of six kids in the first two innings of baseball, throw them out from stealing. Sure. But from his perspective, because he wasn't three for three, he thought that he was a failure. But he had played some of the best defense he'd ever played. And that's really, that is uh, an idea or an example of of where of where I think my child grew much more than yeah, being absolutely. the all-star hitter on his team. I have absolutely found things in matches my guys have lost and said, this you did well. Like, you have to have something, right? There's got to be a positive in, in it somewhere. I, and, I mean, I, I have yet to see, I don't know if they, how it is in the other sports, I've yet to see someone really excel and their parents are the worst parents ever. Now, I've seen guys who were good and they had bad parents. Like, I, right. I see people that I'm like, that kid's really good despite that dad or that mom or whatever's going on there. Um and wrestling's different because I've seen parents that I'm like, that parent is absolutely making that kid cut way too much weight. Like, that's not right good thing to do. And, I mean, you know, then the kids run out of the sport and they don't they do not do it anymore. And, you, you know, you wonder why. You're sacrificing the whole game for winning right now today. That's the weight cutting at a youth level. And I... And I don't care anymore. Like, I'm tired of tiptoeing around parents who bullshit. Um, summertime comes, and uh, I won't let my boys cut anything. My sons are guys that are gonna, they were going to grow tall, and I knew they were. Like, it was just like I could see me in them all the time. They're going right. to be tall guys. And they have big hands and, and everything else, too. Big, they're like wear a size 12 shoe. Same, you know, same as me. So... I, I'm not going to let you stunt your growth in the summertime so that you can win a match or something like that. So when the freestyle and Greco is in the summer, we would be down in uh, Champaign, Illinois. They go get on the mat, and they get on the mat with a guy that we've seen, um, you know, 30 times since they were in kindergarten. And they get on the mat, and it's it's physically, like, you can you can see the size difference between my guy and his guy. And he, the, the dad looks at me and goes, uh, yeah, you know, uh, so uh, Nick's not cutting any weight uh, right now. And I'm like, yeah, uh, my ass. So I don't know what, like I'm right. I'm visually looking at what's going on out there. And your son looks like he's three weight classes above mine. But that's because weigh-ins were two days ago. And he is because he weighed in at the, he sucked it down and then went out there. And I, it just pisses me off that like, you got to sit there. Who, who are you bullshitting? I'm, I, I'm not a Trump supporter, so I can see what I can see, and you can't tell me it's different. Right. So, like, the, this this kid's obviously larger and everything else, and the kid beats my kid. And I'm like, whatever, my kid comes off, he's mad, and he's, and he's mad at me because I didn't let him cut weight. He's like, I shouldn't even be in this weight class. And I'm like, yeah, you should because you should be relying on technique. That's what you should do. Right. And he's like, okay. And so then he gets it. Like, it's not just that, that quick of an argument. We talk about it. I'm like, listen. You're not bigger and stronger, so you're going to need to work on leverage. You're going to need to work on where you got to be and how you're going to be there and speed and all this other stuff. And I go, it'll get there. 
this tournament doesn't mean anything. So why would I have you cut weight now? The, the goal for you is to be at this weight come next season. So that's what you're doing sort of thing. So like, and then the same thing, I get the same exact thing with parents that their kid is eight years old or nine years old. And they're telling me the kid's not cutting weight and he weighs the same. He's three inches taller and he weighs the same as he did last year when he was three inches shorter. He's obviously cutting weight. You're lying to my face, like whatever. And then the kid wins something and then the parent, winning has been the worst detriment to a lot of kids as far as their parents go because then the parents go ape shit off the deep end and 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 with team sports they go ape shit off the deep end if they're used to winning and then they start losing and and then that's where that's I where i see, see it that, right. and uh and, and then it's thing, the team's fault yeah right it's the team's fault it's not their kids fault it's the team's fault right and and you really talk about youth sports too i, I think that where 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 parents um falter in some ways is especially when they see children because, uh, you know, youth sports, kids will hit their strides and growth spurts all at different times. Sure. And, and we've seen, we've been on teams where kids were great athletes when they were eight years old, but they had no work ethic into it. Right. And it's only a matter of time because, because my son puts in the work that he would pass them. And, the, right. and, you know, and, right. and then a year ago, they leave the team. They go somewhere else because the grass is greener. And the grass isn't greener, and they end up quitting that team as well. Right. And, and at the same time... The kids who are putting in the time and the effort are the better baseball players. Right now, so I had a buddy of mine who, at the youth level, like I, I, I was watching it from a distance. Like, I, and some of my, some of my information I was getting from the dad, and this kid was quarterback in football, and his dad like even changed high schools and stuff like that because he was going to be special. Correct. This, this guy. And he was taking him to all these quarterback camps and everything else. And then it just all went kaput when he went to college. It just was nothing. It just turned out to be just nothing. Just And, I mean, like he did everything with this kid. And the kid was like six foot one, like a big kid and everything right. else. Like it looked like from the outside to me, like I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch this guy play, you know, at Miami or something right. like that. And it never happened. And it was like, I don't know if like parents get this delusion. It it, it it is Bill, and you know, you know, like you asked me, you know, hey, does does Joey have aspirations of going pro? I, I really want to be truly honest and really say I, I don't think so. Oh no, but but the but the reason why I say that is is so. Let me give you another example. Joey's also been um, accepted to University of Arkansas. And and mainly for engineering and academics. Yeah. But he told me he's like, hey, I, I can walk on to Arkansas because their yeah, whole right, team's right, right. in in turmoil. Um, they just fired the head coach, the offensive defense coordinators. They're all gone. He can walk in, and he can play football there. But here's the thing: he can walk on to University of Arkansas, a D one school, and he can sit on the bench for four years. Yeah. Right. Or he can go to Rose Holman, and he can be a linebacker potentially. Be if he's if he's good as he continues to work out and strive to be, yeah. he could start in his middle of his first year maybe, and he could play four years of football as a start in Division three. Now, does does he have any aspirations ever to? Because a lot of it in wrestling, the some of the the aspiration is to coach. So like a lot of these uh, D one athletes, like their coach, I, I would I've never talked to him about. It. I'm gonna I'll have him on the podcast after the season's over, but um. Like, you know, he, he plays twice the big tournament and now he's a high school coach. I would venture to guess that he has thoughts of going to the next level and coaching at the at the college level. 
the head coach for Lincoln Way East, who's you know eight A, and they've won like three titles in the last four years or right. something like that. He gets calls all the times for colleges to come coach to the college level. He's got little boys that wrestle in the wrestling club. Right. He's not leaving because he wants to spend time with his sons. So. Does Joey have any thoughts of ever being like in that profession? So I don't, I don't know. That's if, big money nowadays, right? It is. I, I don't know if he has aspirations of that because I think mentally he's too analytical. I don't know if he, uh, if he has quite yet developed leadership quality. But I will tell you things um, that, that that show me that you know he's he's becoming more well well rounded. I can give you an example. Uh, once a year, the youth football teams. If they wear their jerseys, they get to run out with Joliet Catholic onto the field for one of the games. Okay. And and really, this last game, I said, hey, listen. I said, you know your brother's going to be out there in his football jersey. And I was like, so what's the big deal? He's like, it's not. He's like, we always run on the field. I'm like, but remember when you're a 7th or an 8th grader and you get to run out with a big high school senior? Yeah. That's yeah. a big deal. No, sure, sure, that's sure, a, sure. You look up. Those kids look yep. up to you. Yep. And, and, there's, and there's 20, 30 kids from all different football programs that get to run out with you. Yep. Well, we do one night a year where we have like walkout music and we do like all the youth kids show up and then they do some stuff on the mat. And all those things, that's another parenting thing. Take your kid to those things. Correct. Now, you, you're, so yours is different. Like you have, you have, you know, you can go to a fucking Bears game and like, you know, that's professional football. Like that's, right. so what we call that in wrestling, and I don't know if they call it that in other sports, is, an, is called an ignition event. So I took my sons when they were freshmen in high school to the NCAAs. So we went to St. Louis. We spent the whole weekend there, and they watched the biggest wrestling tournament in the country. It's after their season ends, and we had a blast. I mean, we they were glued to the matches. We had a pool. We you know we bet on this and everything right. with nothing, but you know we didn't really gamble. But it makes your son or your daughter think I could be at that level someday, and the. Little things like that, like going to, I would definitely say take your kid to a high school wrestling meet if you want to have your kid wrestle in high school, like if they're at the youth level now, because they're going to see it's completely different. I mean, there are some jacked dudes that are out there wrestling. I mean, uh, you know, there's guys at 182, 195 that are just, you know, big big boys like you know right. and it's it's impressive for a little guy to see that kind of stuff so and i mean you and then the other thing is unless we're talking about the heavyweight you never see anybody that's like a big tubby guy out there right. either so you know maybe that inspires them to hit the weights and to run and to do these things right and, and you know it's the same thing uh you know when, when nick played baseball last year um there was an event um at st joe's uh where he used to play baseball where um, uh, Nick is part of the All-Star Blue team. So uh, so what happened is they had to spend an afternoon going through different areas and sections with the five- and six-year-olds from the Shetland baseball team. Right. And at first, Nick was like, you know, they, they played a baseball game. They won or lost, whatever it was. And then he's like, Dad, why do we got to do this? I said, you, you, uh, you were five and six, and you want someone to help you too. Yeah. And the coach gave him a little bit of grief because none of the kids wanted to do it because they just had won or lost a game, whatever it was. Sure, sure. By the end of the game... Um, his coach came up and said, hey, listen, for a kid who uh, didn't want to do this, 
you know, my, Nick was one of the most active kids, like helping the five-year-olds. Right. And, and I told Nick, I said, I said, when you were five, if a kid wanted to come up and help you and, and, and think that they want to make you better and help you, that's that you need to instill this because you might be next to a kid who probably couldn't hit a baseball. Right. And maybe you gave him a little tip, and now he gets his first it, hit. It could change, right? It could change everything. I I coached a little guy that he's a wrestler at uh, Central right now, and his first year he came out, he was probably eight years old, or no, I guess, geez, he had to, he's he's, a, he's a undersized little guy. Maybe he no, he's probably like uh, ten or eleven, and he was scrappy and everything else, but he didn't win a lot, like at all. Like he probably won like a dozen matches all year, you know, and that maybe maybe I'm being biased. Like he probably right. didn't win that. So he didn't have a great season by any stretch of the imagination. Um I saw him again at cross country the the next year he was probably like a sixth grader or something like that. And he walked up, he's like, What's going on, coach? And I said, Hey, what's up, man? You know, I started talking to him and I go, Are we gonna see you, you know, wrestling? He goes, I don't know. He goes, I didn't do real good. And I go, I'm telling you, you can do well. Just come out Make sure you show up. I want to see you there. Don't don't not be there. He showed up, and that, like I said, he was like in sixth grade. He's still wrestling. He's a sophomore, junior in in high school right now. So, and he's happy that he's still wrestling. He's on the JV because he's still an undersized guy. He's like right. he's a, like a junior in high school, and I think he's 113 pounds. So, but that doesn't matter. You still did everything that the the wrestler did. You were disciplined. You went to practice. You got the workout. Right. You're living a life right now that all kinds of people that are our age should aspire to live to because guys that are our age don't do shit. They, they, they don't, like, you need to have some sort of physical activity in your life. You need to have a better diet. You need to, right. like, you know, all these things. So if you can instill that in your kid when they're young, it's a really good thing. Um, you know, the, the, like, you know, your Ernie's obviously, like, from the stories you've heard, like, his kids, they're participating at a high level you know in stuff it's it's so different today and i think that there's a perception of anybody who's their kid that is you know participating at a high level of something that you must be this slave driver right and i'm telling you like i had people that were that just told me they're friends of mine they're great people that for sure as soon as my kids go to college they're going to run off the rails because i'm not going to be there to crack the whip on them and make right. them and i'm like I don't think you're right. My kids are doing these things on their own. Now, how young, and we should wrap this up because it is getting, we're two and a half hours in, but how young were the boys when you got divorced? Uh, so I've only been divorced a year. Oh, like, okay, okay. So, you so, so now mine were the, I was divorced, getting divorced when my sons were two. So way before it. wrestling. And it was a battle. The entire time, she wanted him out of it. Like, this right. is stupid. Like, you know, she would look at them and say things that, as a parent, my jaw would hit the ground. Like, if it's hard, quit. And I'm like, oh, my God, if it's hard, quit. That can't be a model right. for life. Like, that's the – and I explained to my son. I pulled him aside. I'm like, listen, son, there's nothing that ever goes on. And I had people argue with me about this, which is crazy. There's nothing worth anything that's not hard. Right. Like, if – if you could run a marathon and it was easy, then it wouldn't be a thing. If you could climb a mountain and it was easy, it wouldn't be a thing. Like, like these are all accomplishments in your life. Just sitting there doing nothing, no one's impressed with that. Right. So, and, I, and the other thing is, is like, listen, I've told my sons, 
you know, they sometimes have been like flipping about a tournament or something like that. And I'm like, hey, you do realize that you're going to be 30 someday. You're going to be at your job. You're going to do something outstanding at your job. You're going to look around and nobody's going to cheer. Right. Uh, so, you know, funny that you brought up um, the, you know, how hard it is for, for parenting, you know, youth sports. I really have to tell you that um, that uh, that my ex-wife, uh, something that she does do well is she does, um, she she is pro. So if there's one thing we do agree on, it was the kids. And, and that was really a win for our kids. Yeah. You know, um, Carrie is currently, she's currently an offensive line coach for Joliet Catholic for freshmen. And she was a coach for the little kids for uh, for the youth football. Right. Uh, and she does not coach my 12-year-old. She coaches below in the five and six-year-olds, and then she Great. coaches at Joliet Catholic. Um, but really, the, the advice I have for for parents today, and and now, you know, is she football family or something? Is that what? No, she's not. She really wow. got into football. She's been a football coach for years. She got into Joliet Catholic, um, you know, because the the coaches recognize that she she does some good things. Yeah, and they've invited her back next year, and nice. it's really it's really a success story for how dedicated she is to. Uh, she's all about technique and doing the right thing. But, you know, really, I, I, I guess, you know, what you brought up about my kids being successful, I think the reason why they're successful is is twofold. One is, is that we give them the right tools to be successful and, 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 and we always end, uh, you know, with positive notes. We always tell them, hey, listen, you've done a good job. Continue to drive where you need to be because – like I said in the beginning of the broad, of the podcast, is that uh, you know you know when I saw that kid get his very first hit, um, I would have bragged about that as much as if my kid had won a state championship. Because the the, the in youth today, you need to celebrate the progress of an individual sure. versus if they're at the top of the you know uh, you know my little one plays travel ball at, at a high level. My older son uh, and I told him I, you know he was heartbroken when they lost the state title this year, the semifinals. I said, listen, man, you're a junior. You won a state title as a junior. Yeah. There, there, there aren't that many kids that can say that, and, sure. and that's what you want. And now all these kids on the field are, are upset and they're heartbroken. Now think about the math. How many of these kids potentially will play college football? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, so I, small. I, I said you have to be proud of where you are and what you're going to accomplish. Sure. Sure. And I think, I think the – the success of a of a parent today in youth sports is telling the par- is making sure the parents understand that that if you if you motivate your child to do things and you see progress each and every year that's the win sure not how many wins and losses it's the progress of the child in youth sports and not being overbearing on your child and really i think that's the success of of, of getting a kid through youth sports today right. now see my one boy last year during the entire regular season, he lost three matches, right? And we were in the gym this summer, and I said, hey, you know what I really want to see? And it, he wasn't bad at it anyway, but I, what I really want to see you do with this next season, and he stopped me, and he goes, not lose any matches. And I go, no, 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 no. I want to see you smile more. You're going to be a senior. I want to see you, like, really having a good time with this. I want to see you have fun. And... Honestly, some of the stuff that my son does not have that's not fun for him is some of his friends that are on the wrestling team just don't win like he does. And he's like, it sucks that, they, that like, you know, and I go, think about that. Think about the fact that most of the time that guy goes out there and gets pinned. Most of the time that guy does, and he still sticks with it. I go, I looked at him and I go, would you? What if, what if somehow we put you into another league or something that you didn't know that all of a sudden there was this better thing? We put you in there, 
and it was flipped. Instead of you winning all your matches except for three, you lost all but three. Could you stay with it? He's like, I don't even know if I could. I don't know if I could stay there. And I go, yeah. So you need to have some respect for this guy who stays with it. And I'll tell you what, even their coach is not. The coach looked at the one guy the other day and said, you could go get lost for three months. I could care less. Like, you know, right. totally. And he's upset with them because the, the, this guy will be winning like seven to two. He's winning the match. He's controlling the match. And then he just goes for something and ends up on his back and he gets pinned. Like, and as a team sport, that is a nine-point swing. So you were going to win three points for the team, and you just lost six points for the team. So, like, it, you know, it, it, it's a big deal to him as far as the team thing goes, and it drives him nuts when he works with them all week long. I get it, but it's still not the mentality I'd ever want my kids to take. Hey, you know, have some respect. But the example you gave there also is, is you took that opportunity to make it a coachable moment. So, you know, another example is, you know, earlier this summer, uh, my little one uh, hit a home run. He hit it onto the street, um, over the fence, into the street. The yeah, sweet spot, got it, every bit it of it. It was. Up. But here's the thing. After the game, he's like, Dad, you see my home run? I'm like, yeah. I said, so I said, so tell me what's going through your head. The count was 0-2. He had fouled the ball off because he had ducked and the ball hit his bat. Yeah. So it was 0-2. And, and he's like, he's like, well, he's like, it was 0-2 and... and um, and I knew I had to make contact. I said, so you weren't swinging for a home run? He's like, nope. I'm like, so do you understand what you learned there? I said, you knew that you had to not drop your shoulder and put your hands through the ball. You did not say, I'm going to hit a home run. Right. I said, so sure. you went back to what you understood, what you knew. So I said, what makes you a better youth athlete today is that you're sticking to what you know and what you're good at instead of trying to be someone you're not or trying to impress someone that you don't impress. Right. And really, that's where, you know, when... The youth today start understanding and they um, they fix and correct their own mistakes. Sure, that's where uh, I think athletes, youth athletes, become elite. Right. It, right when when right. they can when they know what they're doing wrong and they can make those adjustments. Sure, and that that is the goal. Like I, you know, I won't I won't like bullshit anybody. The goal with my sons and I'm sure with your sons was always to get them to the elite level. To get them like I live in Mantino. My boys live in Manhattan so they could stay 3A. This is 2A here. And, my, you know, my sons have had the option for the last three years to come say they live here and go to 2A and be contending for a state championship all the time. Right. They, to them, that's not good enough. They need to be at that highest level with the, the best guys and all, all that sort of thing. And, you know, like I said, that's the goal. That was always the goal. My sons will have the luxury of for the rest of their lives if 20 years from now they come back into the wrestling room at lincoln way they will see their names on the wall because they you know they got to do that i would like to find a parent out there that um their kids stuck with it and they didn't like you know that they never made it to that elite level they never but the kid right. loved the sport because that parent's probably doing a better job than i am because the kid Still stuck with it and everything else. Now, you know, sometimes I find out that the kid, well, he's kind of a vapor. He, you know, smokes a little pot, whatever. Right. Hey, you know, life is different and everything else. Um, but, you know, like th that'd, be, that'd be a conversation I want to have too. And it seems strange because by most people's measure, you failed. Right. 
But I don't know if you failed or not because you could have still got the work ethic out of it. You could have, you know, you could have got all that stuff out of it. Um, the other thing that I was supposed to be doing the entire time with this podcast, I'm like trying to discipline myself, is I'm supposed to be pandering for freaking uh, subscribers to oh, the YouTube right. channel <laughs> and everything else, and I don't. Um, but let, let's wrap it up because we're two hours and 40 minutes in, okay. and I will do a little pandering. Please, I know, and I should have done it earlier because probably some people have tuned out or you didn't hear this until weeks later. But if you're checking this out on, on YouTube, right in the corner down there, there's a subscribe button. It, 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 there's no strings attached. It just lets me know that you're actually checking it out um, sort of thing. And like, if I pick up a bunch of subscribers after a podcast like this, then I know that, hey, I should have more podcasts like this because that's what goes on. The idea behind, for me, behind the subscribers is it's not to make money. It's that... I'll at least have a following. For the word on the street is is that at some point YouTube is going to start getting rid of channels that are not commercially viable. So YouTube makes money on my podcast. I don't. And if they find a guy that's got a channel and he's not doesn't have any subscribers, they're going to start getting rid of him. I don't know what any subscribers means because I think I've got a hundred like thirty four or something right now. But uh, if you please would. Uh, I do this for entertainment. I, I put all this together. I book the people. Ernie took a ride out here. And we, I do it all just to entertain. So I hope that you're entertained. Um, by all means, um, comment on YouTube in the uh, thing. That actually helps me too because I can see what's going on. I can see who's looking at it. Uh, let me know how what you think of this. So I've got a new camera. I've got the, the different setup here. As far as the split screen, I flipped us, so we're kind of like facing each other actually in the thing, but we're not. Uh, and I've also, the one camera is a 4K and the other one is a uh, just a high definition. So I'm going to work up to, it's expensive, so i got to get another camera. But uh, So yeah, please subscribe. If you're listening to the uh, audio version, please uh, uh, rate us, um, subscribe to the, uh, the podcast, download it, whatever, whatever it takes, either on Apple or Google, whatever. But uh, I thought it was a good conversation, man. I can't believe we went two hours and 40 minutes. Yeah, actually, it went pretty quick. It, but I think it's something that I, we're There's both still a ton about. we could talk about, to be honest with you. The, the youth sport thing, there's just so much to it. Some of it's repetitive, but it's been bar none the best decision I've ever made in my life for my sons. I believe that the sports stuff has bled into their work ethic for school and it'll go the same for work you know what i mean like sort of a thing like you'll do you'll do um i'm pretty positive knowing my son's personalities that if they're at work and they're not outshining the other people at work then they're going to be let down with themselves i put my boys into cross country and the first cross country meet there in sixth grade there's no age group they placed like 50th and my son looked at me and goes what am i doing this for i'm right. never going to be in the top three this is the craziest thing ever right so uh so anyways thanks for coming out let's, thanks let's lot, wrap Bill. it up man yeah.